This episode of The Enhancement Talent is brought to you by Foreign Heels, the new designer shoe store from Orient Express Incorporated. When you want to show everybody that you're better than everybody else, especially those fat and lazy Americans, then you need to get yourself a pair of Foreign Heels. You can find Foreign Heels in the Ludwig Borga Memorial Shopping Center, right next to Dino Bravo's duty-free cigarette store. As we come down from the celebration of our country's birthday, what better way to instill pride in everything red, white, and blue than to highlight the best wrestlers to ever wave old glory on their way to the squared circle? Join us this week on The Enhancement Talent as we give you our picks for the top 10 patriotic wrestlers of all time. All right, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Enhancement Town Podcast. I'm your host, the man in the rafters, the one they call Tony Lopez. With me tonight, as always, the other half of the fabulous Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez. How you doing tonight, Bob? Doing great, sir. How about yourself? Doing okay. Doing okay. Just getting over the whole COVID thing. Uh, you know, I, was just, I didn't have it that bad. But it was enough to kind of push everything back a bit. That's why we're, we were on kind of like a little mini hiatus there for a little bit. Just wasn't feeling all that great. But we are back in the swing of things. Uh, how about yourself? I know you didn't have COVID, but how you been? I was disappointed. I thought you would have pulled the Dex Harwood and just came out and soldiered. Yes. <laughs> That's why FTR, seven star. Yeah. yeah. It's like- uh, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Um just- Live, live in the dream. Um, woke up this morning at four thirty in the morning because my basement was flooded with uh, water because it oh, rained. Boy. Oh, jeez. Um, went six in the morning. Decided, hey, I got to go to work because I got to go do some stuff. So I got to work at seven. Stayed there to about noon. Came home, took a nap. In the middle of my nap, I woke up. I uh, got her text messages from my receptionist saying she quit. Um, Jesus <laughs> so, Christ! It's been a great day, dude. Lazy you? Sunday. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. It's good times. Was she his? Was she your receptionist for a long time, or was she kind of like? No, she she's been there for about eight months. Yeah. Uh, I kind I woke up, looked at my phone, and it said, uh, "Hey, uh, just want to let you know I found another job, and um, I uh, want to say thank you for everything, and uh, I'm not coming back anymore." And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying oh, I, is. I, I, a future uh, endeavor. Yeah. She she pulled a Vince Russo on you. Kind of sort of. I just thought yeah, we you need know Jim Cornette to the... start bitching at your receptionist and going, didn't even drive there. Shake the man's hand and say I quit. He moved yep. to the competition in the cover of darkness. I hate John Moxley. He can't wrestle. <laughs> well I don't have the energy to pull that one off right now. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Well, as, as you can hear, Jim Cornette on the other line. No, that is uh, the Warsaw Blonde himself. Midnight Express. I'm in yep. Midnight Express. Out in beautiful Cary, Illinois, the Warsaw Blonde himself, Adam Kolavik. How are you doing tonight, Adam? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, had a long six-day uh, week, work week, so I'm thrilled to be on here talking wrestling. Have nothing to do with work. I don't have to work tomorrow. I'm working on a... Uh, yeah. 
heavy Italian food uh, hangover. We went to Maggiano's today and did the, the family-style dinner. We haven't done that in, like, three or four years now, so. Nice. That was, it was nice. The sun, family Sunday dinner, you know. It's, mm-hmm. Straight you know, out of the Sopranos. My strong, uh, my, my strong Italian uh, lineage that yeah. I have. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Polly Walnuts. That's another uh, thing that's oh, happened yes. since we were oh, that was devastating. We were I've been watching Sopranos clips uh, on a nightly basis ever since. Not not even kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when when they tell you to come by Dad's bedside, it's best to be positive. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Maron, he looks terrible. <laughs> he looks terrible. <laughs> I, was, I was talking about that and essentially about how Tony Tony came out of his coma because he couldn't fucking stand to hear Polly talk anymore. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the genius of the program. Oh jeez! Yeah. I actually uh, I went a little bit old school myself yesterday. My my son was telling me, um, I'm asking him what kind of shows he watches on TV, and he's telling me about these cartoons he watches. And my son's 11, so I said, you know what, I got to educate you on some good stuff. So I went on uh, Paramount, and I found the Great Cornholio episode of Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> and I put it on for him, and he was just laughing nonstop, and I was like. Yeah, there it is. I just educated my son on good, good TV shows right there. God, I, I should show uh, my son Elliot that, but I'm sure if I do, he'll be just like repeating it nonstop for like. Mm-hmm. He'll just walk around with his t-shirt over his head for a couple of weeks. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. I'm sure teacher school's coming up again. <laughs> Teachers won't mind. Yeah. Are you threatening me? Are you threatening me? <laughs> I need TV. Nicaragua. <laughs> uh but yeah, that that that's awesome. Uh well, I mean, getting into the whole news section of this episode. Um it was well, this past Friday, a couple days ago, tickets went on sale for all out or the whole week of all out. As it was last year, they're they're doing the same thing this year here in Chicago, out in the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates, um, and you two gentlemen were lucky enough to get some tickets. Uh, Bob, you are actually going to All Out uh, with your brother, um, and you guys are you guys are going to be at the All Out event. Adam, you and your brother are going to be at Dynamite that week. Uh, yeah. Tell us how excited you guys are. We'll start with you, Bob. How 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 psyched are you to be going to all out this year? It's gonna be exciting. Uh, I always enjoy going to wrestling shows with my brother. We've been doing it for years, and then especially when AEW came around, we did all in, we did all out, we did Revolution. Uh, we've been to a couple of them throughout the years, and uh, we we were at all at Forbidden Door together too. So this is uh definitely exciting when he called me up and he said hey i was able to get us tickets and i said awesome so i look forward to it um it's at the uh hoffman estates arena so I, the now arena i believe it's called yeah the correct? now yep. arena yeah which is a kind of like a smaller venue compared to obviously what the united center brings along but the couple times we've been there for shows it uh the crowd has always been really really excited and really into it so look forward to it again yeah I mean, I, I was myself. I was hoping that they were going to do it at the United Center. You know, it just mm-hmm. it's they've proven that they can sell it out, and I'm sure they probably they would have had no problem. I mean, they sell out every time they come to Chicago. So, mm-hmm. but 
maybe they had a prior event there that week. Some I don't who who knows, but it they is. They did. There's there is. So I did read a report that there is an event going on at the United Center that day. Okay, maybe that had yeah, maybe that had something to do with it. But you know, now Arena is uh, it's a trek a little bit for those who those of us who don't live close to Hoffman, but you know it's still it's a in, half hour for me. Well, there, there you go, Adam. You're the one who lives closest. To Hoffman right. State, so That's why uh, I don't mind. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to sit in traffic to get there. Well, this is going to be your first AEW live event, correct? Yes, I'm very excited, and uh, this is my first live wrestling event. I think in over a decade, I would think. Wow, I wow. do remember going with my cousin to a WWE house show. Gosh, like 2009, 2010. Only thing I remember about it, well. The, Taker, Edge, and Batista were in the main in the band. It was like a six-man tag. I think Cena was there, and I booed the shit out of him. And uh, uh, Mark Henry was in the tag match earlier in the show, and he barely wrestled. So uh, my cousin and I kind of went retro, and uh, we went to the back of the arena where the wrestlers come in and out. And when uh, Mark Henry came out, my cousin shouted, Way to stand on the ring apron tonight, Mark. Way to go. Oh, man. And then I, I got to yell double uh, double A to Arn Anderson, and he waved to me. So that was cool. Sweet. That was, that was the last live wrestling event I think I've been to. So really excited about this. As I said earlier, I'm going to give Jim Ross a nice ovation for hour two when he comes out. And, uh, yeah, it'll be good because it'll be the uh, go-home edition before, uh, before the pay-per-view. So I should have a lot of cool stuff going on. And yeah. It's just awesome uh, that the last two years they've done it like that, where they where they uh, do all three uh, major shows in one weekend, Labor Day weekend. That's uh, yeah. Well, Tony kind of said he said that that's what he wants to do every year going forward. Mm-hmm. Labor Day weekend in Chicago, you know, is all out week. So that yeah, that's probably how it's going to be knows. going. Yeah, going forward, he knows. Yeah, he knows. As you, as, as you guys mentioned, yeah, uh, it sells out wherever it goes, and people are really into it. So mm-hmm. it'd be stupid not to. I mean, WCW, if uh, they got to sell in Chicago, would probably do the next pay per view for free uh, at Sturgis. So, <laughs> so Bischoff could ride his motorcycle there with uh, with the Steiners. Yeah, yeah. I, I I go on like wrestling boards and every every. You know, when they announced that All Out again was coming to Chicago, not long after Forbidden Door, which was in Chicago, of course, you got people who are bitching. It's like, why is it always Chicago? Why does AEW always do Chicago? It's like, because they always sell out Chicago. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that Tony Khan is originally from the area, mm-hmm. but, you know, they always sell out. They always have their healthiest crowds, their most rabid crowds. In Chicago, so what? What the hell do you want them to do? You know, just and again, uh, it is as Bob mentioned, all in the first the first show. That's where yeah. it was. That's where the whole thing was born. Yeah, it, you know, it, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, and I think all out is basically their WrestleMania. So it's like I would say, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So it's like, what are we going to do? Not do a sure sellout in Chicago and go to like fucking. Sturgis. You know, Bismarck, North Dakota, you know, or yeah, Sturgis. There you go. It's funny that you mentioned WCW because one year I want to say it was maybe 98, 97, 98, right around there. Um, all the big companies came to Chicago at that time. So I was able to pull off the three, three big companies and I went to all of them in November for my birthday. 
Uh, I went to a, um, I went to ECW was here for the pay-per-view. And then I went to WCW uh, for Nitro and Thunder. And then I went to a WWE house show. But it's funny that you mentioned WCW because when we went, we didn't have tickets. We just, let's just buy them at the box office. And when you got there, they go, no, here. And they gave us tickets at the, at the, the will call like the the box office and they said make sure you sit on the lower because we're trying to fill up the area mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got him for free and it was like oh this is awesome you know <laughs> like what a birthday gift for me yeah i got to see scott steiner and chronic um <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank god for the dying days of wcw <laughs> exactly Oh, man. I, I love in the death of WCW book where where it started listing the uh, you know the total attendance for this show was eight thousand nine hundred one thousand three hundred paid. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, who are these thirteen hundred people who are dumb enough to pay for it? Come on! Aye, aye, aye. Your local radio station will give you tickets. <sighs> Well, speaking of dumb decisions, going into our next topic here, Vince McMahon and his dick has gotten him into more problems here. Originally, you know, it, it was just that one employee that had made the news <clears throat> beforehand. Now, <clears throat> it turns out that there's <clears throat> how, ma- how many in total? I think they said like four in total, including a former, uh, Correct. <clears throat> a former wrestler uh, and that has bought the total of money that he has um, given in NDAs and payoffs to $12 million that they know of. Um, And I say that, that they know of, because this just goes back to like about 2000 and what, 13, 2012, something like that. Uh, That does not take into account the, uh, the wild days of the eighties and nineties, which I'm sure if Vince McMahon uh, is getting into this much trouble in his 70s, he must have really been doing shit when he was younger. So, yeah, it's just not a good look. Um, the The newspapers are, you know, scratching up as much dirt as they can. Um, Vince is kayfabing the whole thing as far as, you know, they, they ask people backstage and they're saying he's just not even acknowledging it. Like it's not like nothing's happening, but you know, this is not a good look. I mean, it's, it's forcing WWE stocks to decline. It's, you know, sponsors are reacting to this, not wanting to be associated with WWE right now because of what's going on. It's just not a good look. Um, what is the, um, what's your guys takeaway when, uh, you heard about this, uh, the, the newer allegations and maybe some more down the line. Let's start with you, Adam. What was your reaction? Well, let's make fun of Tony Khan for hugging people first. Uh, let's make fun of that instead. Yeah. You know, fucking marks. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, you know, it's along the lines of when we talked about this, when this first came out, um, you know, there's an initial kind of, oh, holy shit. Uh, I think Bob texted us about that, sent us the story. Um, I'm like, my God, you know, it's like, it's again, I think we, we all kind of, agreed the last time it's surprising but it really isn't i mean again it's you know art often imitates life that's an old cliche and you know just based on the way he acts (laughs) the character there's there's got to be some grain of the mr mcmahon character of course is over the top uh but 
there's grains of truth in it, I think. And, you know, again, the things that have gone on on this program, the way he's acting on this program, again, I just, I just, I constantly think back with this coming out to that whole angle he did uh, with where he's hitting on Trish Stratus and Linda's sitting there, you know, you know, completely like Richard Dreyfus and what about Bob where she's not speaking or saying anything. Yeah. She's like in a vegetative state. You know, and just like you said, I I mean, yeah, he would creep you doing it then in his fifties. And again, in those, those heyday in the eighties, you know, hanging out with the mega powers and the lines of cocaine and all that. I'm, I'm sure there was lots of crazy shit going on. Oh, I'm sure. Um, But again, um, I feel bad for those who who are not directly involved in this that are paying the paying the price. You know, you mentioned stockholders. It's going to hurt the fans down the line. It's a bad look for the product. Uh, it could lead to sponsorship issues. Um, it's not. Will it kill the company? Absolutely not. I don't think. I mean, obviously, Stephanie's already taken the reins and brought <clears throat> Triple H back with her. So they'll survive. I mean, they survived the steroid scandal too. I think Jerry McDivitt's going to be a busy guy, um, <laughs> uh, trying to get his ass, uh, keep his ass out of prison again. Uh, well, he's not going to prison, but you know what I mean, just to clean it up. But yeah. uh, it's just, you know, the more you hear, the more it's just he's a jagged. <laughs> <laughs> It's just he's just the typical American billionaire jagoff, I guess, is what's yeah. coming out here. Well, how about you, Bob? What's your take? I, I, I picture Ric Flair's promo when he's going off on Eric Bischoff, and he's like, "Abuse of power, abuse." <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Adam said it perfectly. You know, you're surprised, but you're not surprised. It's just like, wow, there's more allegations. Okay, you know, not really surprised about it. Wow, what did you say? Twelve million. Twelve million, but this is only going back, I think, to like twenty. Yeah, you said fifteen. I think, yeah, like fifteen. Yeah, the last. Okay, so it's, it's like twelve million, and you know the the budget cuts. You know, mm. you think of the the, mm. the yeah, hundred the hundred wrestlers that were cut over the last year and a half. You know the budget cuts. Um, Do you think he said this yeah. coming? In other words, it, it's just like it's just like. Damn, you know, and, and then the whole division of the family, like you, you, we mentioned last time that, you know, Linda McMahon and they're, they're no longer really together. And Stephanie was gone for a little bit of time. Shane was let go by his dad, you know, and now Stephanie and, and Triple H are back in the picture again. And it's just like, damn. And then, like you said, the the debonair attitude of Vince McMahon where he's just like, yeah, fuck up. There's a report that he just after the after he went out there and he did his. His uh, welcome to SmackDown. He walked into the back and he just yelled out, "Fuck them all!" (laughs) (laughs) If you don't give a shit, you know it's just like, like you said, it's not going to make you stop watching the product. You know, it's like you have your your WWE faithful, you have your AEW faithful, you have your wrestling fanatics that just want to watch wrestling. So it's just like you're not there to really like find out what's going on with the backstage politics of, of this Vince McMahon's antics. But at the same time, if Vince McMahon says, Hey, on Monday, I'm going to be on SmackDown or on, on, I'm going to be on raw at, at, at seven o'clock and I'm going to do a promo. Everyone's going to, you know, just draw, draw to it. Like I told you before, it's like the guy's a ratings genius, you know, it's just like, he knows how to pimp his product still, mm-hmm. but 
I don't yeah, know. No. I, I don't know if he'll be able to get away with that twice because he yeah, not, not 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 as much as anymore. But yeah. you know, you still want to see Vince McMahon on TV because whenever he pops out, the crowd still marks for him. You know, he's still a major yeah. heel. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> you know, I the, uh, yeah. Uh, I I don't know. It, it's <sighs> part of me thinks that you know. That you guys are right. Nothing's going to change. This is, you know, he'll he'll weather the storm and then it'll just go away. But in in other instances like that, be it like with Bill Cosby or anybody else, once a few come out of out of the out into the light, a lot more start coming out. You know, because now mm-hmm. they, now they feel okay. Well, now I can mm-hmm. tell my my side of the story. Yeah. But but the thing is about Vince, he was. Part of his deal was he had he made people sign NDAs, so mm-hmm. you know if there is a woman who wants to come out and say something, if she signs an NDA legally, she can't. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. It's just a really fucked up situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my opinion, I think that Vince. It was. I think it was time for Vince to kind of go into the sunset a while ago you know just for business purposes anyway the bit you know the business itself has kind of passed him up um and then for personal reasons of course with all this shit going on he's not doing anybody any favors by sticking around i think he's just sticking around because in his eyes yeah it's it's his company and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to leave the only way he's going to leave is in a, is in a box. So it, I I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Like they said, I mean, the board can't, they, they can't fire him because they don't hold majority voting power. He does, but they can, I believe, strip him of some kind of power, especially if the sponsors start, you know, abandoning ship and it starts costing the company a lot of money. But we'll we'll see what happens. It's just an ongoing uh, soap opera that's that's going on. So we shall see. We shall see. But another development in WWE land uh, this week was that Raw uh, going forward for the first time since I want to say 2011, 2010 or 2011 um, is no longer going to be TVPG. Raw is now going to be TV 14, which means that now they can, you know, they've loosened the guidelines up a little bit for Raw. Um, You know, like I said, they probably can use some minor swear words now. They can probably start saying shit and ass and bitch and stuff like that. Um, You know, some of the the words you can't say on television have, have been... You know, changed. yeah, have been changed. <laughs> you, you can now, you can now say it. Um, and plus, you know, it's the possibility of uh, the return of some blood coming into uh, WWE uh, because, as we all know, if you've seen WWE programming, even if it's by accident, if somebody gets uh, busted open in the replay match, of course they they black and white it out, so they so you can't see the red. Um, maybe now, at least on Raw, you will be able to get that kind of uh, thing going again. And to me, I mean, you guys said it was USA who wanted who wanted this for uh, 
for Raw. And I think the reason why USA is insisting on this is because they see things like AEW where they can do things like say those words on dynamite or they can, or they, you know, blade themselves and, and show some color on, on dynamite. And it's, it's kind of, it, it, it does bring a little bit more of excitement to the show. Um, so maybe now, you know, WWE, at least for raw, because they're not doing this with SmackDown, as you said, Fox is like, no, it's a network show. You're going to stay for TV PG. But, um, but at least for Raw on USA Network, maybe this will kind of shake things up a little bit. Who knows? Uh, what What are your guys' thoughts? What What were your thought when you uh, heard that it's going to? We'll start with you, Bob. Uh, when you heard that uh, Raw was going to go back to being TV fourteen, I instantly thought of Cody Rhodes and the smile he had on his face. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, yes. <laughs> um, it, again, interesting. Definitely interesting because, I mean, how many times would they harp on how, you know, wholesome and family-oriented the product is? And, you know, that's what, what pulls apart from other wrestling companies is we're family-oriented. And, you know, the AEW crowd is a lot of older people, whereas you go to WWE crowd and, you know, you got you could bring your kids to those games. And now it's like, oh, all right, you're, you're going to start tailoring more towards that audience again, which... If we ever sit down and talk about it, the Attitude Era was probably our favorite era of all the companies' eras that they had. So it's like, well, are you going to try and bring those people back and get you excited about the product again? So it's definitely something that's interesting. Um, I guess it's going to be kind of brought in slowly over the next couple of weeks just to see how that progresses. But um, I, I definitely want to see what they come about and how, how they work with it. I mean, you can make a PG-13 PG, uh, or, you know, TV 14 or however you can start adding blood. And, but I mean, if you're still doing the same shit storylines and you know, the same stuff over and over and over again, I don't know if it's really going to make that much of a difference, you know? Yeah. How about you, Adam? What were your thoughts? Yeah. I'm along the same lines. I thought it was surprising because of uh, what was just mentioned about uh, them trumpeting, you know, we're, we're family oriented. We're, thinking about the kids so in that respect it did surprise me um it'll be interesting to see what they do um you know i i I looked at reactions from people some were measured and reasonable like ours and others were like oh it's gonna turn everything around it's like you have to remember as much as we all love the attitude era you also had may uh young giving birth to mark henry's hand uh, on on there, you also had Edge and Lita doing softcore porn. You also had <laughs> the oddities. Uh, so for every Austin McMahon uh, awesome storyline or Mick Foley falling through thumbtacks and and bleeding, uh, there was a lot of crap too. So uh, just changing the rating, as as Bob just alluded to, isn't going to cure everything. But if it does give them a little more uh, leeway to explore some different things that might make the product more engaging, then then it's uh, it's a step in the right direction. And and again, um, it would be interesting. Maybe uh, you know, I know they've heard off and on r- rumors about the brand split uh, stopping at some point. Maybe you put the more uh, adult themed matches on Raw, and then. You, keep the the more general stuff on SmackDown and just have all your talent on both shows. I mean, 
I think that might be interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I agree with you. I think um, you got to be careful what you wish for. Cause like you said, a lot of the stuff that was in the attitude area, you know, as much as people want to look back at the attitude era with rose colored glasses, there was a lot of shit that, <laughs> that uh, was in that era that you probably don't want to revisit. Um, but like you said, it, it could open up creatively more avenues. Um, but I don't, I don't think Raw's main um, problem right now is um, really the content. It's the fact that, A, it's a three-hour show, which is just an hour too long. And, you know, B, even with that extra hour, they don't know how to fill it with compelling storylines. And I don't think them going from TV TV PG to TV 14 is going to help that. So I, I don't know. It's It'll be interesting to watch um, how this kind of transitions from a, a, a kid-friendly uh, program to a more adult, uh, you know, program. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I, I, I'm not a Raw hater. You know, I, I want Raw to be good. I want WWE to be good. But... Um, Raw just has not been good in a very long time. A very long time. SmackDown is actually worth watching most most weeks. Uh, but not, not this week. No, not this week. No. It was bad. <laughs> most weeks, though, it's pretty exciting. Uh, but Raw has just been horrendous, and it's been horrendous for a long time. So hopefully, you know, maybe this kind of breathes some fresh air. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll just have to see. We will have to see. All right. Well, that's the uh, the news for right now. Adam, you, you said you wanted to mention one more thing about WWE. Yes, so, I, I wanted yeah. to get both your opinions on the fact that I, I had read uh, that Jeff Jarrett is going to be a special referee <laughs> for, I think it's the Usos and um, um, the Profits. team they're facing. Thank you. Yeah, the Street, Street Profits. Profits. Uh, it's SummerSlam. And then I noticed he also got some high-profile promotion within the company a couple weeks prior. First of all, is anyone excited about him being a special referee? Like, does that add any intrigue to the match at all? Because am I wrong? Is that weird? And why does Jeff Jarrett, uh, pardon the pun, have so much stroke all of a sudden? I... The guy comes out of nowhere, out of exile, after Vince McMahon fired him on television, speaking of Raw, and uh, is, is, all is of a Vin, sudden he's got all this exposure. Is Vince Russo running things backstage and we just don't know about it? Is that what's Maybe going so. on? Maybe it's like with Dixie Carter. Maybe he's an outside consultant. I, I don't know. I And no, it does not, it does not excite me that Jeff Jarrett's going to be the special guest referee. You what might, the hell? I'd be more excited if fucking Kurgan were going to be the special guest referee, you know? That's two oddities reference in this show. That's right. Wow. That's mm-hmm. a record. Got to be. But uh, I just don't understand. I mean, I understand, you You know, like Piper used the special referee. Everyone got excited. Everyone loves Roddy Piper. Austin got the special referee. Everybody loves Austin. Get it. Legends. Awesome. You blacklisted this dude for like 15 fucking years. And all of a sudden, now he's hot shit. I just, I don't get it. Is this podcast that good? I honestly, I, I yeah, 
I've, I've tried listening to his podcast a few times. It's he has some he had some good episodes, but for the most part, it's boring as shit. When you compare it to, I, like, I, I, yeah, when you, when you I, compare I it here, to, though. to Pritchard or you know Foley's yeah. got a new one that's really good. Yeah, but you know Jeff Jarrett's is just like eh, whatever. I, I, I his perspective of uh, the Owen Hart tragedy was interesting just because they were close. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting listen, but yeah, I agree. I I had the same experience. Yeah, I, I I'm not excited about him being involved. Um, I did see like you you mentioned he he was promoted recently and got a, like a higher up position, and and I guess I could see it. I mean, he did create impact. Um, right. After after he got booted from Impact, he created another company that lasted very short time. Uh, yeah, time glo- global yeah global yeah glo- global force or something like that um so i mean he he's got the backstage knowledge i guess of of you know how how things run i mean his dad was right. big time famous promoter uh jerry jarrett um so i guess you know the the wealth of knowledge that comes along with the guy i get it i see it sure. um maybe that's why he got that position but as to I think the only reason they're going to come out and bring him out in that tag match, number one, is he's got to have some kind of an outcome with the finish. Um, Maybe the Usos do something to piss him off. He goes to get the guitar and he hits one of the prophets, um, you know, on accident. And that's how the Usos win. Like, I I think it's going to be like a a kind of a swerve finish um, and and he's going to be involved in it somehow. Um, I don't see him turning heel or face because there there is like you said there's no absolute storyline as to why uh he's involved in the match so i don't see him like oh he's gonna be pump a car become a part of the bloodline or anything like that but i do see like the accidental oops i fucked up i hit the profit i gotta count the one two three and that's how um you know they they get uh they get away with the titles again but um yeah when they're like oh you know surprise uh, special guest referee, and it's just like, okay, well, I wonder who could it be, and you think maybe Roman Reigns or some someone else that's going to be involved somehow or uh, associated with the family, and right, and now it's, it's good old Double J Jeff Jarrett. As long as I don't have to hear the word slap nuts, I I, I guess it's all right, you know. Don't be jealous. It's a former WCW World Champion you're talking about. Yeah, ain't he great? So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that Southern Justice and Tennessee Lee will will show up too. Oh yeah, Southern Justice. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Harris boys. I hate those guys. <laughs> <laughs> they sucked. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me though. Would not surprise me. Tennessee Lee was a manager for Harlem Heat, so maybe uh, Jeff Jarrett can go out and manage the Street Profits now. Yeah, maybe he's the new Tennessee Lee. There you go. Rap his crap. <laughs> what a dweeb I am. We saw the uh, the Elvis movie last week, and of course, Tom Hanks plays Colonel Parker, and I kept thinking of Colonel Rob Parker. Nice. Like, I am Sorry. such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> like this, remember? Remember he would grab his tuxedo like this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Best believe. All right. Well, oh, before we get into the task at hand, of course, uh, our last show was our Create a Stable show. Um, and we asked the uh, the listeners to go on our Facebook page and vote who uh, who did the best as far as their creative stable goes. And we had uh, 10 votes. 
on 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 the board for the poll, and that was you know decent turnout. And with six votes, Bob, your stable, the Assassins of the Squared Circle, is voted by the Facebook fans as the best created stable. Adam, your uh, your uh, stable, the the Belt Collection Agency, got four votes, and like <laughs> and like every fucking created thing that we do my thing got fuck i i didn't even vote for myself i got zero votes but that's okay it's fine but bob as yes, the sir. uh as the winner of the uh the creative stable what what do you have to say to the folks out there uh huge thank you uh i completely forgot <laughs> about the voting <laughs> Um, so that's, that's awesome. Uh, huge thank you to those that voted for me. Uh, the four that voted for Adam, I'm disappointed in you guys. Um, <laughs> no, you're good people, man. <laughs> you are just good people. Um, no, but definitely, uh, seven that was star awesome. people. They are seven star people. Uh, those, those that voted for Adam, congratulations to Adam too. Tony, you, I voted for you with my heart right here. I do love, um, what was your team name? <laughs> Excellence. I, I do love excellence. Um, I give them seven stars too, but um, that was definitely a fun episode. But yeah, huge thank you to those who voted. Uh, again, thank you for listening to the episode. And always, the, I, I love the interaction we're getting with all the people on Facebook. Um, the, uh, it's just, it's so much fun to talk about. Um, so recently, someone posted a picture of like well, your your birthday and your day and the month, and this yeah. is who you got to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just coming out with that all together that was fun talking with everybody with regards to that. So, uh, I, I'm definitely having a great time t- speaking with everybody regarding wrestling. Yeah. How about and you, I Adam? My, I won my singles match with Edge. Speaking of the birthday thing, because I brought uh, Christian along with uh, Luchasaurus and um, Mrs. Perry, and uh, nice. they interfered on my behalf. Very nice. nice. Very nice. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, thanks to everyone for voting, no matter who you voted for. Uh, thanks to Tony for putting the idea together, because it was, was a fun idea. He comes up with great ideas for the show. Um, everyone did a great job. Uh, so I'm, I'm humbled by anyone who... Who uh, voted for my stable? Because uh, they're going to have a lot of gold around their waist. Yeah, I want to thank everybody for voting, even if you didn't vote for me. <laughs> what if we would have tied? What would have happened? Uh, well, then we, th- then th- we would have had to have uh, a WrestleMania Sunday. ten situation. <laughs> yeah, Teddy Long would have came out and said, "Let me tell you something, player." I love wrestling, the Undertaker. Yeah. I had a tables match with Tess, by the way. I would have won that, too. I had a ladder match with Kane. Oh, you're fucked. Yeah. Which Kane, though? I was about to say, when I, I posted on the, on the Facebook page, if it was the Kane that uh, teamed up with X-Pac, I think it would have won, because that Kane sucks. Yes. Okay. I- <laughs> that was awful. Yeah, the green and black Kane. Fuck him. <laughs> Oh, that's good times. All right. What was, well, it, the, what was it the other day? Uh, I know Glenn Jacobs had some controversial things to say. Oh, on the yeah, political. Yeah, yeah. 
mm-hmm. end of things. I'm not going to go into what he said, but uh, I do something funny did come out of it, like uh, with this whole Christian and Luchasaurus thing, where Luchasaurus is healed now, and he kind of has a Kane-like intro. And someone had commented, "Oh, I see Luchasaurus wants to be Kane right now," and someone commented back, "I don't think anyone wants, wants to be Kane right now." <laughs> I did, I did see Britt Baker come out and say, "No wonder you failed as a as a dentist. You're an idiot." Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, Kane Kane was, and rightfully so, because what he said was fucking stupid. But you know, yeah, he's he's not he's not getting uh, much love right now. So I just love that comment, though. That, yeah. The, 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 yeah, I'd hang out with that dude who who posted that. There, I don't, I don't think, think anyone wants to be Kane right now. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a new section for the show this week, folks. Uh, and let's get to the task at hand. Um, we did this show, uh, at least this topic, thinking that we were going to do it closer to the 4th of July. But like we said, because of the uh, little mini uh, uh, hiatus we had to do uh, that was unplanned, we're going to do this show anyway. What we decided to do uh, this week is to do our top 10 patriotic wrestlers of all time. Um, when we talk about patriotic wrestlers, of course, these are guys that um, mainly in the 80s and the early 90s, because that's when that kind of jingoistic uh, USA number one thing was really big during the Reagan years there. Um, these were wrestlers that were, you know, pro USA, USA number one, blah, blah, you know, the crowd would chant USA, everything. And we figured because of the 4th of July, it would be a good topic to do. Go Go through wrestling's rich history and pick out who was the most patriotic wrestler of all time. And when we talk about patriotic, we're just talking about the United States because it was the 4th of July. You know, we could talk about Canadian wrestlers or Japanese wrestlers some other time. We're strictly talking about American wrestlers this week. Um, Let's start with you, Bob. When When we were compiling these lists of our top patriotic wrestlers. What what were you thinking when uh, compiling your list? Um, like kind of like how you mentioned a little bit ago, um, when you would have those USA crowd chanting moments, when you would have the crowd backing you up and supporting you with regards to that. Um, I thought about that. I thought about um, you know, pictures in my head of the wrestlers wearing. Um, you know, their gear that had red, white, and blue on them or, you know, coming to the uh, to the ring with the, the American flag proudly in hand and waving it around. Um, and then I tried to think of other stuff, you know, with regards to um, matches where said wrestler represented America. And, you know, he was going up against the big Ford heel, like you mentioned. So that's kind of what I was looking for with regards to uh, putting this list together. How about you, Adam? Same question. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, it was fun to put together because, you know, you had the ones that flew off the page uh, at you because, again, like Bob said, you close your eyes and you just see uh, the flag all over the place. And the, uh, But, you know, there's a few here and there on my list that were more like the character they portrayed, you know, they call them all American or American as part of their moniker. I don't want to spoil any names as we... Uh, before we kick it off, but, um, you know, also, you know, just the work ethic or, or the way the character is, is, or if there's some connection, uh, 
to military service or, or being in, in an Olympic competition, stuff like that. So those are kind of the angles I, I came off on. Some were like 100% just rah-rah, and then there are others that a little more uh, dimension to their to their patriotism. So it should be uh, an interesting topic. All right. Well, let's get into it then. Uh, like we do every week, our top 10 lists are compiled by the three of us making our own lists. We bring them all together, and based on where we have them, they're assigned a point value, and that point value determines on where they go on our master list. Uh, We're going to be ranking these from 10 to 1, and before we get to our top pick, like we do every week, we're going to give you our honorable mentions. Uh, These honorable mentions are picks that did not have enough points to get into the top 10 but they did get enough points to at least garner a mention all right let's start at number 10 number 10 comes in this week with four points and it got the four points for being number seven on my list we are talking about ranger ross coming in at number 10 with four points i love that you guys are laughing when it comes to ranger ross because yeah um, I picked Ranger Ross uh, as my uh, number seven pick because it kind of fits into this whole thing. Like we're talking about with these wrestlers who, especially during like the Reagan era of like the mid to late 80s, the only reason that they got over is because they were, you know, rah-rah U- USA kind of people. Ranger Ross, he was a jobber to the stars. He was never really anybody big. But the reason why he got so over is because he came out with, uh, you know, he had a green beret, I think, that he wore to the ring, and he he had the flag. You know, he was an actual uh, military veteran, so it, he had the, the bona fides, but, you know, they made him into this, you know, kind of generic uh, wrestling soldier. You know, and he he would, you know, he would win matches on WCW Saturday night and kind of get over with the crowd there. But he never really won anything of any significance. But when I think of patriotic wrestlers, you know, the kind of wrestlers that made the crowd, you know, chant USA, USA, and it's just kind of like the epitome of what we're talking about. That's why I put him in my top 10. He's not high on my list. He's at number seven. But Ranger Ross did definitely fit into the criteria, and that's why I had him on the list. Uh, Bob and Adam, you guys, neither one of you had uh, Ranger Ross on your list, Uh, but do you you have anything to say about him? How about you, Bob? You want to start? I remember him from the WCW days, especially because you like to watch old WCW videos. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think he was at uh, Clash of the Champions once, and he he got the the luxury of going up against Sid Vicious. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, crushed him i I remember um you know just him coming out he like you said he was he was a jobber to the stars i remember more for getting released and then eventually getting arrested as being like a he was robbing banks and stuff like that was (laughs) nothing more patriotic than robbing from america (laughs) but uh yeah that's all i really remember about him Uh, not not too much i do remember the gear and the setup and i had another wrestler that uh when when i was coming up with the list kind of very similar to him, and maybe we'll probably mention him in a little bit, so I won't say anything right now. But yeah, that's the only reason why Ranger Rust stood in my uh, 
do not enter my top 15 list. Yeah. I mean, he did the WCW did the whole thing to try and get him over when he first came in. And that was put him with the iron sheik. (laughs) Because if you're trying to, if you're trying to get the really pro USA guy over, you put him with the iron sheik. Um, Uh But but yeah, it just, it didn't really work in the long run because Ranger Ross just really wasn't that good. Uh, Adam, do you have any thoughts on Ranger Ross? I honestly didn't know who the hell he was until I Googled him just now, and I vaguely remember him. Um, <laughs> so I do remember him uh, showing up on the weekend shows and, and jobbing quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, he fits the criteria, like you said. Um, but, yeah, I he didn't cross my mind because I just flat out forgot about the dude. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah. He's a very forgettable guy. So... But not not to you, not to me, not to me. That's why I had him at seven on my list, because to me, I was like, yeah, Ranger Bros. Yeah, he was a very patriotic wrestler. And that's why I had him at number seven on my list. That's how he got his four points. And that's why he is at number 10. All right, let's get to number nine on our list. Number nine comes in with four and a half points just above Ranger Ross. And he got his four and a half points for being an honorable mention on my list. And Bob and Adam both had him at number nine on their lists. We are talking about, well, he's Jake Hager now in AEW, but back in the day, he was known as Jack Swagger. And he is at number nine on our list with four and a half points. Uh, Bob, let's start with you. Tell us about Jack Swagger. Well, they brought in your boy Jack Swagger as the uh, all-American American, uh, is how they would present him. Um, you know, he his finisher was the ankle lock, and they would call it the Patriot Act. That was his finisher. Um, his theme song was called the Patriot. Um, you know, so like they they would just hype him up like crazy, as like you said, the, the all-American American, and then uh, he had the real Americans tag team with uh, Cesaro, where. Uh, now you're seeing that in AEW. Now the, the two were feuding recently, and you know they they keep mentioning that they were previous tag partners. But yeah, there there they were the 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 real Americans for a short brief time. If you remember, he had a mascot that would come out to the ring with him, uh, the the bald eagle. Um, if you remember that, and uh, the bald eagle was uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. When I did <laughs> research, <laughs> so him and uh, what was it, Gory? Who who was the the gobbledygooker? It was uh, uh, Hector. 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 Yeah. So the, that 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 runs in the family. Uh, so it's That's just soft. like, um, you know, even when um, when when Miro was was doing his big foreign heel, um, you know, uh, character, they they brought in Swagger as the the American that would that would turn because Swagger was a bad guy at that time, and they had him turn face to feud with Miro just so he could be the one that's representing America during this feud. So. Uh, they tried to push him to the moon. I was never a huge, big fan of Jack Swagger. Uh, still not a big fan of him now when I see him in AEW. Uh, but that, that's one of the reasons why I had him on the list, just because of how much they pushed the character as being all-American. Yeah. How about you, Adam? You also had Jack Swagger at number nine. Well, JR is going to be disappointed in us because I know he's a big Jack Swagger, Mark, because of the Oklahoma connection. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a tail end of me watching WWE. I remember him uh, debuting and, and them going with that. Um, again, as, as mentioned earlier, with uh, Ranger Rick, Ranger Ross. Yes, Ranger Ross. <laughs> I think 
my kids subscribe to Ranger Rick magazine or something. Um, you know, it's like you want to get somebody over uh, easily with the fans. That's what you do. You you hype up uh, what an All-American boy he was. He, he fit the mold. He had the look. Um, so, uh, yeah, as Bob said, uh, they, they tried a lot of stuff with them. He got a lot of exposure, a lot of high-profile feuds. Um and uh, yeah, he was also uh, accompanied. I didn't know this uh, with the real Americans. He had good old Dutch Mantel uh, walking mm-hmm. around with him. Zeb Coulter, uh, yeah, Zeb Coulter indeed. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a memorable character because again, they kind of went up and down with it. Uh, you know, he was a heel for a while, and you know, a few few uh, of these all American characters sometimes. Had a crisis of uh, patriotism gone wrong, and uh, had to redeem themselves. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a big deal for a while during that era. Um, that was probably the most uh, over he ever was, or the, the most exposure he got. But uh, as we're seeing in AEW now, he's kind of better as a as a enforcer, like he is for yeah. JAS. But uh, yeah, that was. It was noticeable for his beginning of his run in WWE and Boomer Sooner. Yeah. Yeah, I was never a huge Jack Swagger fan either. Um, It just, A, he couldn't talk for shit. He still can't. Um, You know, he was always just, it seemed like he was out there and they gave him the whole all-American boy, you know, persona to try and get him over as as a baby face. And it didn't work. The crowd wasn't buying it either. So he was a patriotic wrestler, but he was an unsuccessful patriotic wrestler because nobody really gave a fuck about him. Uh, he didn't really get interesting until he won heel. And, the, you know, in that whole real Americans thing, when he was with Zeb Coulter, you know, they were they were like, um, you know, ugly Americans. Americans gone wrong. So that's that's why the whole heel thing happened. Um, and even still, even though that was probably the zenith of his WWE career, it still really wasn't that interesting. So Jack Swagger, like you said, Adam, I think he he works better in his current role in AEW, which is more of just like a background guy. He's the enforcer, you know, keep him the fuck away from a microphone, keep him away from the championship, whatever. Just have him, just, just have him be, just have him be that he works out best that way. Um, But all that being said, he did come in at number nine. At our most patriotic wrestlers list, coming in with four and a half points. All right, let's get to number eight on our list. Uh, hey, Bob. Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. We have a tie at number eight, each one coming in with five points. Let's get to our first one that is tied here at number eight with five points. He got the five points. From being an honorable mention on both my list and Bob's list. And Adam, this is your number seven pick. Surprisingly, you have him in the top ten. We are talking about Mr. John Cena coming in at number eight, tied with five points. Adam, tell us about your favorite, John Cena. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, fair <laughs> is fair. I, you know, I got to be fair uh, or I'm not doing my job. Uh, I don't think he could wrestle very well. He got pushed way too much. Uh, Rich Tito will back me up on that one. He got overexposed, <laughs> and I agree with him wholeheartedly. Um, 
and again, just clogging up the main event scene uh, more than the Philly cheesesteak will do to your arteries. But everything I've read about the guy, um, he is uh, he, he he is very patriotic in and out of the ring. Um, I read somewhere I think that he is he's done the most for the Make a Wish Foundation out of any performer. Uh, movie artist, musician, blah, 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 whoever it is, uh, seen as number one. So I got to give him props for that. Uh, again, good guy, just not my cup of tea in the ring. Um, you know, I know they did a lot of overseas uh, shows for the troops. He's always a big part of that. Uh, does Gives them a shout out and is very involved with that. Um, when he comes out, I think, uh, doesn't he wear, I think I read that he wears... Uh, a mili- military dog tags um, that a soldier gave him, um, and then he, he he salutes them in his intro and, and during matches and stuff like that. So, uh, in terms of wearing red, white, and blue, and and uh, you know waving an American flag all over the place, and and uh, uh, maybe riding a bus, um, the guy uh, the guy wears his country on his sleeve. Can be your hero. Um, I can't wait to talk about it. Um, uh, he he's he's he he comes off to me as an everyman kind of guy. He's 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 not the most jack guy there is. He's 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 an average looking dude. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people relate to him. So again, I gotta give the devil his due. Just all his outside charity work and what he's done for the troops and how he salutes them and 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 everything. And again, uh, he's the white meat baby face that, that Vince just gravitates towards. Um, you know, Hogan before that, and other people he tried to you know fill the mantle with. But but Cena's like of that era. He's the white meat baby face that just says and does all the right things. Uh, and I will add too, he says and does the right things a lot better than Hogan's been doing the last several years. So, um, brother, yes. So that's that's why I'd uh, I'd like to give him some credit and some props because yes, he has he, he does display a lot of patriotic qualities in and out of the ring. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, he, like you said, he he does a lot with the troops. He does a lot um, for charities when it comes to veterans affairs and everything. Always a rah rah guy, and and it's not fake. You know, I I, I right. don't hate no, you. Absolutely, I, absolutely I, not. Yeah. I've never really hated John Cena. I mean, I got sick of him in a Super Cena era, of course, because I I just didn't want him, you know, winning all that much. But as a, as a performer, I never hated him. Um, but yeah, I, I plus on top of all that, he's probably one of the greatest United States champions of all time too. He wore that that red, white, and blue belt very well. So yeah. I, I definitely have no problem with him being in our top 10 for uh most patriotic wrestler. Uh, Bob, he was one of your honorable mentions as well. What do you have to say about Cena? I, I, I agree with both of you. I mean, um, the stuff he does behind the scenes uh, to me is what stands out more. Um, I know <clears throat> when doing research, he was awarded the 2016 legacy of achievement uh, by the USO. Um, which is United States organization. So, you know, just to get that achievement award is, uh, is well documented. Uh, I remember WrestleMania 31 when he came out was his entrance. He, he was wrestling, uh, Rusev 
uh, Miro that we spoke of, um, when he was coming out, he had the um, the presidential sound bites like t- during like the the intro to his music. You know, you heard Ron- Ronald Reagan talking in the background, and you know, just like the patriotism there. Um, you know, he, he was in one of Tony's favorite movies, The Marine. You know, just doing that. So, and like you said, the, the, the salute every time he comes out to the ring and wearing the dog tags, you know, that's just, uh, stuff that he goes above and beyond just to show his appreciation. So, um, yeah, definitely deserves to be talked about on this list. All right. And he is, he is at number eight tied with five points and he is tied with this act coming in with five points. They got their five points for being number 10 on my list. They were also number 10 on Adam's list. And Bob, you had them at number eight on your list. It is the tag team, the United, the U.S. Express, coming in at number eight, tied with John Cena with five points. Bob, let's start with you. Tell us about the U.S. Express. So the, even though they weren't along, they weren't there for such a long time, we had the U.S. Express, uh, Mike Rotunda, Barry Windham, and again, nothing says... Uh, American then feuding with the foreign heels such as uh the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov you know there's instant heel magnets right there uh eventually Wyndham would leave for for WCW and go do his stuff there but uh what I always think stands out again for the U.S. Express is uh we talked about Real American the theme song that they had you know which was eventually given to Hulk Hogan because Wyndham left um but they're also theme, the other theme song that they use was born. The first one that they use was born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen, you know, so they would come out to that music when, when before that. So, uh, they were pushed and hyped to, to be the, the big, uh, American tag team. And kind of like you said, the rah, rah, rah team that they would cheer for. And, uh, I think they won the tag titles once or twice and at the beginning. So I had to talk about the US express here when we talk about, patriotism in america america yeah I, I remember the u.s express um biggest match it probably had was at the first wrestlemania um <clears throat> you know windham and rotunda they were hell of a tag team um you know barry windham of course really early in his career that's you know the the jeopardy question or the big trivia question everybody says about the u.s express is the fact that real american was intended as their their music um and was used for their their music but when they disbanded uh which like you said bob was not very long they ended up giving it to hogan and now that 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 theme is iconic and it's kind of weird you would think if the u.s express you know stayed in wwe longer and Hogan didn't use that as his theme, would it have gotten as big as it did? What you know, did Real American really get over because of Hogan, or was it because, you know, it was just that good of a song? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a question that's that's probably gonna go unanswered, but as it as it goes, it was the original theme music for the US Express. And like you said, you know, they you know, in order to get over um, they put him up against the the mega heel team of the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, um, and it, and it did get on, get him over very well. They did win the tag championships there for a bit, but as we said, they, they were a short lived team. I'm sure Vince would have loved to have had them longer, especially in the in the patriotic '80s, but it just wasn't meant to be. But as it were, 
they are still on this list. Uh, Adam, you had them at number 10 on your list as well. What do you have to say about the U.S. Express? Yeah, you guys covered it pretty good. But, yeah, uh, real-life brothers-in-law. And, of course, uh, we talked about their lineage on our uh, Wrestling Families uh, episode a few episodes back. But uh, both great wrestlers. Um, You know, they both had great careers. And, yeah, uh, that's an interesting question, Tony, to see uh, how how long it would have lasted had uh, Wyndham stuck around. Um, Because, obviously, they would have had great matches. They're both solid uh, performers. Uh, Captain Will Albano was their manager. He was uber over at the time also. Um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, because it was kind of a footnote, uh, we'll never know. But again, um, just again, the power of the theme song and the power of presentation. We've talked about it before with the, with both those songs, uh, the Springsteen song, song too, then that just gets people riled up and and again uh these guys looked like everyday guys at that point uh uh you know they just looked like two young uh everyday people competing against these evil uh iranians and and russians uh so uh yeah that it fit the mold yeah they definitely fit the mold and they also fit this list coming in Tied with John Cena at number eight is the U.S. Express with five points. All right, let's get to number seven on our list. Number seven comes in with eight points, and he got his eight points from being number nine on my list. And Adam, this is your number five pick. We're talking about the American Dream, baby. Dusty Rhodes coming in at number seven with eight points. Adam, let's start with you. Tell us about the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. He's just a common man, working hard every day. He's just a common man. <laughs> More cowbell on that tune. Um, Dusty, as I alluded to earlier in the show, um, you know he's the American dream. Dusty again is another guy who doesn't look like you know, he's not jacked up. He's uh, you know he's a believable character. We've talked about it numerous times and. Uh, numerous episodes uh he was the working man that was his whole that was his whole gimmick um he just looked like you know someone from the audience uh, who just happened to be able to kick a lot of ass um you know his runs in uh wcw he had all those great promos and he just really related to the fans uh with the presentation um that he came up they came along with uh he goes to the wwf even though i wasn't a fan of of that era with the polka dots and all that they they really got over that uh that he's like i said he's just a common man the son of a plumber all that kind of stuff um you know just a likable uh larger than life personality again he wasn't a a math technician he just he just mixed it up he bled uh, and he and he fought hard and he worked hard and that's uh, that's something a lot of uh, a lot of Americans rally around hard being hardworking people and uh, I think Dusty uh, is a good example of someone again I mean I think he he did come out with the red white and blue on some occasions but you know uh, he wasn't constantly waving a flag or anything he just he just was a good representative for the American people and, and being the American dream. That was just the perfect name for him. Uh, perfect persona. And it's, it's one that, that still uh, sticks with people today. Uh, again, talking about 
seen it earlier. I think uh, Dusty was the forerunner to that kind of character. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're I think you're correct. I mean, Dusty, he wasn't like the rah rah guy. He was more, you know, the champion of the working man. That was his that Uh-oh. was his thing, you know, son of a plumber, Bob, you know, all that stuff. You know, he was the the common man. And it was you know, he would go and just cut these promos that got everybody behind him, you know, especially the hard times promo. You know, just he would do it with the we've talked about this before. He would do it with the the fervor and the passion of a preacher on a Sunday morning. And it would just get everybody behind him. Everybody loved Dusty for that. And while in reality, Dusty was a very rich man and he, you know, he, he was, he was not a plumber himself, you know, but he, he did, um, he did come from a, you know, a working class background and you, and he used that to kind of get the working class behind him. He was, you know, he, his unconventional looks, you know, he was not your your average, you know, wrestler with a huge cut physique. You know, everybody knows how Dusty Rhodes looked, but he was, you know, by by kind of like having that image of like, I'm no I'm just like you guys, you know, mm-hmm. you, you could be me in this ring. That's kind of what got th- that that kind of patriotism is what got dusty over so yeah he was he didn't drape himself in in the flag or you know come out to like an ultra patriotic song but he was still you know over as a real american type guy so yeah that's kind of why i had dusty in in my top 10 um bob you didn't have dusty on your list but do you want to add anything about him no i completely agree with both of you guys and and I, I, I came up with this list when I was out because we were supposed to do this, like you said, 4th of July weekend. Uh, I was out Wisconsin Dells with the kids. Um, so I came up with the list and originally it was on my list and somehow I took them off and I didn't realize I took them off until after I submitted it to you. So I never really had a chance to go back and be like, oh, shit, because I, I regretted it afterwards. I was like, damn, how did I how do I do a list about patriotism without dusty on there you know because he like you you guys said you said it perfectly the american dream and what he represented for the common man and how everyone would root for him so um i felt like i i messed that up afterwards but he definitely should have been on my list well as it stands dusty is still in the top 10 at number seven with eight points all right let's get to number six on our list number six comes in with ten and a half points and they got the ten and a half points from being an honorable mention on Adam's list. He was number seven on Bob's list, and he was number five on my list. We are talking about Corporal Kirshner coming in at number six with ten and a half points. Um, Corporal Kirshner was kind of WWF's version of Ranger Ross. Kind of, you know, he was uh, he was yeah, um, yeah. he was a jobber to the stars. Uh, what got you know, he was a jobber in general. He was, he was, he was, you know, before he got the, the Corporal Kirshner gimmick, he was just, he was just an enhancement talent. He was, he was a jobber. But what happened was the big, you know, go, go USA figure in WWF at the time outside of Hogan was uh, Sergeant Slaughter. But at that time, Sergeant Slaughter decided to uh, go work for Vern Gagne again in AWA and he left. And that left a hole. Um, with the whole militaristic, jingoistic, um, patriotic American wrestler. 
Um, and then Vince caught wind that the uh, the guy who played Cobra Kershaw, I forgot what his, what his real name was. Um, it escapes me. But uh, he Michael found, Penzel. Michael Penzel. There you go. Um, he found out that he was an actual veteran, that he had served in the 83rd uh, Airborne Unit. And Vince all of a sudden was like, that's it. You're going to be my new Sergeant Slaughter. So they repackaged him as Corporal Kirshner. Uh, you know, come down to the ring, like I said, like Ranger Ross, he would wear the military garb, you know, kind of looking like a dollar store Rambo um, yes. coming down with, with the uh, the American flag. And that was Corporal Kirshner, man. Um, didn't really uh, didn't really do too much. Like I said, he wasn't he wasn't very accomplished. He would win matches here and there. But when it came to big time matches, he would always get squashed. But he he did he he had his purpose, and that was to get the crowd going. USA, 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 and he did that very well in his short run with the WWF. So that's why I had Corporal Kirshner at number five on my list. Um, Bob, you had Corporal Kirshner at number seven on your list. What do you have to say about him? When I talked about Ranger Ross, I said I had someone on my list that was very similar to him, and you nailed it. You called it with Corporal Kirshner. Um, you said, you know, he was in the, uh, the army and again, it was their, their version of Sergeant Slaughter, what they wanted to kind of replicate as a new American hero, but it was nothing like that. Um, you, you did say that he did get squashed when it came to the big matches, but you forgot he does have a WrestleMania two victory over Nikolai Volkov and that, uh, that famous, uh, capture the flag match kind of represents (laughs) what's in there. So, uh, you know, again, nothing says America like beating the foreign heel and Nikolai Volkov, even though eventually he, he saw the light and he came to America himself, too. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I we get to talk about Kirpo Kirshner and Ranger Ross in the same episode. That's uh, Rich Tito is going to have a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, no kidding. How about you, Adam? What do you have to say about Corporal Kirshner? That's the beauty of this show, that that these people get their moment in the sun and I was just looking, uh, we unfortunately lost Corporal Kirchner recently and before Christmas this past year, but uh, I saw on his Wikipedia page that people thought he died as far back as 2006. So, <laughs> okay. Um, it wasn't true. Yeah, he's truly dead this time, unfortunately, uh, from Chicago also. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you guys pretty much summed it up for me. I find his post-WWE uh, career interesting too uh he competed as leatherface and freddy krueger afterwards of all places mm-hmm. but yeah. uh yeah obviously everyone knows him from from uh being corporal kirchner and yeah i remember the flag match with uh with nikolai and I remember seeing his action figure uh on clearance at toys r us and and stuff like that. And yeah, you guys pretty much nailed it on the head. Uh, they needed to fill in for someone like Sergeant Slaughter. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he looked the part and he played the part well for what it was. Uh, so yeah, um, I'll definitely, you know, uh, let me thank him for his service. Uh, Cause yeah, he, he was the real deal. He did, he did serve, so. Yeah, he was the real deal, and he is the real deal. At number six, coming in with ten and a half points, we had Corporal Kirshner. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. All right, let's get to number five on our list. We are in the top five. 
And at number five, he comes in with 15 points. And he got the 15 points but because he was unanimous, unanimously number six on all three of our lists. Yes. We are talking about the total package himself. Lex Luger coming in at number five with 15 home, points. Adam. That's right, Adam. Let's start with you. <laughs> Tell us about Lex Luger. All my prayers have been answered because I was working on the intro for this today, actually, in my head. You know... We all took American history uh, in school, and we heard about George Washington and his role in the American Revolution. He was our first president. Abraham Lincoln ended slavery. FDR uh, got us through a Great Depression. But there were other Uh. troubled times in American history, like in 1993, that cocky Mr. Fuji had the audacity to say no one could body slam the 550-pound World uh, Wrestling Federation champion, Yokozuna. And it was almost a very black 4th of July on in 1993 because several people tried, athletes, football players. I think Randy Savage tried. I think Crush tried. And America was doomed. And then all of a sudden from the skies comes a helicopter and – Dressed in red, white, and blue, here comes Mullet and all, Lex Luger, and he comes on and he says, nope, nope, not today, America, America, and he body slammed that motherfucker, <laughs> and man, I, I still get goosebumps to this day. How did you like that intro? Effective. Effective. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I didn't know where you were going with uh, FDR and George Washington in in regards to Lex Luger. All great American patriots. They (laughs) saved the day. They saved the day. You see. Uh, So, uh, so Luger, uh, of course, everyone knows from his WCW days. um, Had had a lot of. He ran with the U.S. title quite a bit. He got a world title run in there when Ric Flair left, and WCW fans were polite enough to respond by chanting, we want Flair throughout his entire title reign. That disenfranchised him a little bit, so he jumped to WWE, uh, decided to become a professional bodybuilder until he got in a motorcycle accident, and Vince's uh, WBF went up in smoke by the time he recovered. So... Uh, started out as the heel narcissist, but uh, while this is all going on, Hulk Hogan was falling favor out of favor with WWE, and Vince needed a new American hero. So enter Mr. Luger and the historic patriotic moment I just mentioned. So to get the man even further over, uh, they took a bus, painted it, and labeled it the Lex Express, and Lex proceeded all summer to drive all over uh the United States, including the North Riverside Ball, where I went <laughs> to see him. And I was absolutely shocked that there were thousands of people there because I thought I'd be one of 15. And, yeah, uh, there he was, uh, shaking hands and kissing babies like a politician. And uh, you just you just saw the writing on the wall. You just figured, up, oh, this is it. This is the next Hogan. And then he gets his title match against Yokozuna and wins by countout which all you wrestling fans out there know does not translate into a title change, but they celebrate it anyway. And they shot off fireworks and streamers and balloons, and the guy didn't win the fucking title, which 
puzzles me to this day why they celebrated. Uh, from what I hear, uh, Luger did not get the big win because he had a shitty attitude uh, throughout this entire experience. As much as I dog Vince McMahon at the beginning of this episode for his uh, exploits, he pushed the shit out of this guy. He put the McMahon magic and promotional machine in full force, and it just did not work. And uh, we mentioned Bruce Pritchard earlier. I heard him say, you put Randy Savage on that bus. You put even The Undertaker on that bus. You put Bret Hart, if he were American, on that bus. That would have worked. Luger's crappy attitude was the reason why he did not become the next Hulk Hogan. Well, like you said, you saw him at the North Riverside Mall that, <laughs> that vaunted summer of 1993. Um, and you even told me that while you were waiting in line, he just looked like he didn't want to be there, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, he he uh, seemed to look pretty pissed off at signing things, but then, unfortunately, if someone was in a wheelchair or had a disability, then he would smile. That was the only time he would smile. Otherwise, and then he'd like, go back. Otherwise, he's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Basically, he, yeah, he did not look like he wanted to be there. Oh. In front of J.C. Penny, did they pl- did they play "I Could Be Your Hero" in a loop? Oh, as- shit, I forgot about that. And yes, and 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 the Lex Luger montage of him on the bus was a great song that you YouTube called "I'll Be Your Hero," and I think Michael Bolton sued the performer for royalties because it was a Michael Bolton wannabe singing this song. I will uh, be your hero. It was again. It, it, it was as American as you could get in terms of just throwing red, white, and blue and just, you know, pushing the shit out of somebody, but it didn't go over because you could see, yes, he didn't enjoy it, and it was so cheeseball, and the wrestling business was changing by that time, and people were like, okay, we're tired of this. We want Bret Hart. We want The Undertaker. Well, but what yeah, about... Uh, go no, ahead. No, no, you want to finish up? No, I just said, uh, you know, for his moment in the sun, he created a lot of excitement. And I will never forget the day he saved our country from embarrassment yeah. in 1993 because someone couldn't body slam a 550-pound Samoan man who, by the way, was saying he was Japanese. Yeah. Oh, well. How about you, Bob? What are your <laughs> thoughts on uh, the, our American savior, Lex Luger? <laughs> I just keep thinking... Of Adam saying that he, in 1993 they pulled that bus up to the North Riverside Mall. I'm not sure how many people are familiar with North Riverside Mall nowadays, but if he pulls that bus up to North Riverside Mall today, that shit would be missing all of its tires and its wheels. <laughs> the windows will be out you within <laughs> within minutes. You um, bet. You bet. I kept thinking about that while you were talking about uh, his the background story. Uh, there was there was uh, a couple wrestlers that tried to slam him that day. You know, like you said, we got blessed with the the fact that Luger was rested coming off of his uh, his helicopter because, unfortunately, the mighty Buffalo Tatanka failed. If you remember, right. R- Rick and Scott Steiner both failed. Uh, our boy Crush, because he was Hawaiian, uh, you know, he had his face painted and everything. He thought he could do it. He couldn't do it. But uh, 
yeah, I, I do remember the whole concept of it and they, the whole build up and the build up and the build up and the finish, like you said, was a count out victory. And then from there, they just quickly drop it and they say, okay, uh, you know what? We've got this other foreign heel coming in, Ludwig Borga. This is the man you got to mm-hmm. feud with now because he's Finnish and he hates America. So who better to represent America than you, Lex? And then from there, we're going to put you in uh, the um, the Allied Powers, remember, with Davy Boy Smith. He was representing yep, yep. the tag team company. And uh, nothing says patriotism like feuding with men on a mission and, and Eli and Jacob Blue. Um, so, so it's just like uh, good times for Lex Luger. No wonder he showed up on WCW Nitro yeah. one day at the Mall of America. He went from one mall to another. Yeah. <laughs> this was a nicer mall. mall. Yeah, showing up at the Mall of America in a silk pirate shirt. Um, yeah. <laughs> Lex, Lex Luger just the jokes write themselves, man. Fucking but, right. Oh god. But yeah, you're right. If he if he did if he did pull up to the North Riverside Mall now, that that thing would be gone in a second. Um yeah, just Lex Luger uh, I get what Vince was trying to do with Hogan being gone. He he needed his new all American hero, but God, why Luger? Like ev- like everybody in hindsight now who knew Luger back in the day would have been like he was he would be like the last guy you would want to trust with your company because like Adam said, his his attitude was just entirely shit. He didn't give a fuck. The narcissist character was more in tune with what you would want Luger to do than to be your your number one baby face, but Ah well, you know he had his uh his period where he wore, he wore his red, white, and blue trunks and you know hit people with his bionic forearm and you know did his USA men- thing. It's funny you mentioned his attitude too, because you know talking about that Mall of America appearance. If you've ever read Eric Bischoff's book or heard his podcast, he's talked about how. Luger came back because Sting put in a word for him and they were good friends, of course, still are. And Sting's like, no, he's changed, you know, and, 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 and Bischoff hated him so much and didn't want anything to do with him. And he offered him a shit contract on purpose just so he could tell Sting he tried, mm-hmm. expecting Luger to turn the offer down. It was like a third of what he was making in WWF. And surprisingly, Luger took the offer and Bischoff's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Well, with all that being said, Lex Luger still comes in with 15 points. He's still points. my hero. Yep, that's right. He's still all of our heroes. He comes in with at number five. No, no. Yeah, Bob's shaking his hand. Ranger, <laughs> my hero. Fucker. Yeah. Corporal Kirshner, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> Lex Luger comes in at number five with 15 points. All right, let's get to number four on our list. Number four comes in with 19 points, and he got the 19 points from being number eight on Adam's list. He was number five on Bob's list, and I had him at number one on my list. That's right. I had had the Patriot at number one on my list. Come on. We're doing it. Top 10 patriotic wrestlers. How can I not have the Patriot <laughs> at number one on my list? You know, it, it, it's tongue in cheek because everybody knows the Patriot was just kind of a garbage wrestler, <laughs> you know, but 
I gave him the ups because he spent his pretty much pretty much his entire wrestling career um, in some form of patriotic garb, you know, be it, you know, if he was the Trooper Del Wilkes or as the Patriot or whatever, you know, he would. Well, the Trooper Del Wilkes, he was uh, wasn't he like some it was a cap gimmick, wasn't it? At first, mm-hmm. yeah, he would but, write tickets. Yeah, he would write tickets to you with uh, him and. uh was it Buddy Lee Parker, right? They were weren't they a tag team? No. No? I thought they I were. So. Buddy Lee Parker he had a tag team. Oh. Yeah, he teamed up with Buff though. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, Stars that's and right. Stripes. Stars and Stripes. That's right. Oh, that's tag team champions right there. Yeah. Stars and Stripes with uh with Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Mm-hmm. And by that point he was under he was underneath the red, white, and blue mask as he would be for pretty much the rest of his career. And he would go on to be the Patriot in WWE. We were talking about the U.S. Express having uh, famous entrance music before Hulk Hogan. Same thing with the Patriot. Everybody knows that famous uh, entrance music that Kurt Angle had. That was the Patriot's music when he first came into WWE. Um, And I, I give extra points to the Patriot, too, because he was still trying to get that whole all American rah rah usa thing going in the attitude era in an era where that kind of shit just was not flying anymore um he was still trying to get it over um but yeah i to me if you're gonna have a patriotic wrestlers list it might as well be topped by the patriot so that's why i had him at number one on my list uh (laughs) bob you had him in your top five you had him at number five so what do you have to say about the patriot Again, I, I had him in there because, like you said, if you're going to have a, a list, you got to talk about the Patriot, and you know, I, I, I get your your viewpoint on it. But again, to me, he was more of a jobber to the stars. If sure. you uh, if you subtract the uh, the feud he had with Bret Hart, where you know Bret Hart was ripping on America and he he needed to stand up for America, if you subtract that, I think he'd be a little bit lower on your list as well. <laughs> um, you true, know, like, true. Like, you mentioned his illustrious tag career where he was WCW champs with with Buff Bagwell. Um, you know they beat pretty wonderful for the for the straps because that was a a real heavy tag team division in WCW in those days. Obviously, yeah. And uh, here here you go. Uh, a question to you guys: He made his debut in the WWE in uh, in 1997. Tell me who uh, he got the victory over when he came in. One of our friends of the show. Oh fuck! Um, Was it the Brooklyn Brawler? God, Giant Silva! (laughs) Oh damn, that's another oddity. Uh, No, um, the Amazing Rockabilly is who he beat. Oh, (laughs) nice! In in his debut, and then after that, that's when he stuck up for for America against Bret Hart. So leading to, uh, to him coming down to the ring, waving the American flag. And, you know, he had a feud with the Hart Foundation for a little bit of time before he tore his tricep. And then Adam will tell you what happened to his career shortly <laughs> after. That's right, Adam, tell us. Because you had, you had the Patriot at, what was it? You had him at uh, number eight on your list. Eight. Tell, yep, yep. tell us of the Patriot's fate. Uh, okay, I'll just backtrack a little. Um, to leave the listener hanging a little. Uh, I saw him at Global Wrestling. That was the first time I saw the Patriot. He was their world champion for most of the time. And at that time, 
the uh, the Gulf War was in full swing. Uh, so uh, his finisher was like a flying shoulder tackle from the top rope. Uh, and they called it the Patriot Missile. Well, to heighten drama, uh, they brought in another wrestler under a mask called the Dark Patriot. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he did the same finisher, but it was the Scud Missile, because that's what the Iraqis were using in the war. I mean, just, wow. Just, that is awesome long-term booking right there. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll skip ahead. Um, yep, he, he had a cup of coffee in WCW, and, yeah, I mean... That tag team scene at that time, we can only compare it to AEW's tag team division now. I mean, just stellar teams at that time, obviously. Uh, our friends, the American Males, I think were part of that scene too. But uh, he shows up in WWF, as mentioned, and uh, yeah, he had, that, he had that feud with Brett uh, to get that whole uh, America-Canada thing going, uh, give him more of a... Um, more all-American presence to it to have some contender for Brett uh, before uh, the Montreal screw job, and uh, I guess you know when Brett left, they had nothing left for him to do. So he came out for a match one day, and uh, the Generation X was in its uh, infancy, and uh, here comes my boy Rick Rude drinking a cup of hot coffee and uh, throws it on the Patriot, and the Patriot never ended out for his match, and they never saw him again. And for years, I waited and waited for him to eat. Well, Rick Root, unfortunately, passed away two years later, so he wasn't going to get his revenge on him. But I kept waiting and waiting for him to interrupt the Kurt Angle match and say, you stole my theme song and have a feud. But it never happened. Yeah. Tragically, we lost Del Wilkes not long ago. So the Patriots are no with yes. us. And something tells 2021 me 2021 that- was not a good year for patriotic wrestlers, I yeah. guess. Something tells me that that... That cup of coffee had something to do with it. The long-term burn. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. But either way, the Patriot comes in at number four on our list with 19 points. All right. We're at number three on our list. We're in the top three now. And number three comes in with 20 points, just above the Patriot. And he got the 20 points from being number eight on my list. Is number three on Adam's list, and he was number two on Bob's list. It is the gold medalist himself, Kurt Angle, coming in at number three with 20 points. All right, Bob, you had him at number two on your list. Tell us about Kurt Angle. It's true. It's true. Good old Kurt Angle, um, NCAA wrestling champion, Olympic gold medalist, man. He, uh, he represented America to the fullest in that in that kind of aspect and introduced to the world as the American Olympic hero when they brought him in. You know, he was supposed to be this big baby face that loved the American values, integrity, intensity, intelligence, and he thought he was superior to any other athlete on the planet. Um, you mentioned the, the fantastic theme song that he had that the Patriot passed on to him after he got burned with the coffee. And, um, you know, from there, he uh, he just became one of the best professional wrestlers ever. I mean, um, he they, they made him champion after the uh, the 9-11 events. And, you know, the, the crowd rallied behind him again because, you know, the patriotic gimmick that he had there. And, you know, he, he definitely represented the American spirit with regards to that. I mean, again, how else can you talk about 
uh, patriotism when you come in and one of your first feuds is against Tiger Ali Singh, who, who you know, disrespected America as well. So the guy came in, kicked ass, became one of the best uh, wrestlers ever. And to me, I mean, there, there's so many times when you see him come out to the ring, he's got the Olympic gold medals around his chest. He's got the uh, the singlet with the American flag on it or the red, white, and blue colors that he's representing. Even the mouthpiece would have it too. So it's just Kurt Angle's a man. So that's why I had him number two on my list. Yeah. Well, Adam, you had him at number three. What do you have to say about Kurt Angle? Yeah, I ranked ranked him high up for many of the same reasons. I mean, before he even set foot in a wrestling ring, uh, obviously with his background, uh, winning gold medals, as he often reminded us with the broken freaking neck, which is badass. The ice is the badass, period. That's that's what just runs through my head when I think of him. Um, You know, we've been talking about some of these guys, and they were kind of rah-rah guys, but, you know, like, again, you know, like Tony said with Luger, it's like, why did you pick him to be the guy who's going to wear the colors? It's just, it's not someone I can get behind. Kurt Angle is a guy you could get behind. And he was a guy who, who wore the red, light, and blue and kicked the shit out of everybody. <laughs> he was just, uh, he was, you know, and, and again, one just a guy who just came out with no professional wrestling experience and just took off and, and put on classic after classic. And, uh, yeah, he made it look legit and he did it, uh, with the American colors and it was always in the forefront. So, uh, he was the most legit badass American wrestler, uh, that there has been to this point. And I will, uh, drink a tall glass of milk, uh, to celebrate that fact. Yeah. And maybe spray it on people who don't agree with me. <laughs> well, I mean, I agree with you guys. I had I had Kurt Angle on my list too, but I didn't have him as high. Um, you know, of course, you know, great American athlete, Olympic champion. What docked him a few points on my list was the fact that he worked the majority of his career as a heel. Um, so, you know, the whole rah-rah USA point i think when you talk about patriotic wrestlers didn't really get over like that with kurt angle maybe it was the era he worked in because when he was in the attitude era like i said with the patriot that kind of stuff really wasn't in vogue it wasn't until after nine like adam said or, or bob said after 9 11 uh they kind of um went in a more patriotic way and kurt angle was right there to kind of pick up the 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 slack as far as that goes but um in my mind, when you think of like patriotic wrestlers, total white me baby faces getting the crowd chanting USA along with them. And because Kurt Angle wasn't that white me baby face, that's why I had him at number eight and not higher. But he still belongs on the list and definitely belongs in the top three. I'm not disputing that. So that's why I had Kurt Angle at number eight. And that's why he is at number three overall with 20 points. All right. Let's get to number two on our list, our penultimate pick. Hey, Bob. Another tie. I was wondering how it was going to work out. Yeah, yeah, we do have another tie. At number two, each pick coming in with 24 points. Let's get to our first pick here at 24 points. He got the 24 points from being number four on Adam's list. He was number three on Bob's list, and I had him at number two on my list. We talked about him earlier. We are talking about the one, the only Sergeant Slaughter coming in 
at number two, tied with 24 points. Uh, the Sarge, man, what more can you say? He's, you know, comes in, military garb. His entrance music is the, the battle hymn of the Marines. You know, he's got it all going on. The thing is, it's kind of interesting looking at Sergeant Slaughter from when his when his career began to where it eventually be, ended up. Because when he first came in uh, in the 70s, he was a heel. He was a monster heel. Uh, he had the same gimmick. He was the, you know, the drill sergeant, whatever. But I guess maybe America, America's, uh, you know, patriotic patriotism wasn't as high because they used that character as a monster heel. And those, in those early days, when he first got into the WWE, he was a very big heel. And he, he, he would have matches against, you know, Backlund and Pedro Morales. And he had, you know, famously, he had that, uh, that uh, hardcore match, the, um, the match with Pat Patterson, which was, um, you know, one of the more, more Im, you know, famous matches of his early career. But then, like I said, there was that when Reagan got elected uh, in the early 80s and then like the whole, you know, you know, the Cold War was going on. We were at it with Russia and just the, the you know, the miracle on ice with the Team USA against the Russian team. That kind of got America's patriotic fevers going. It was all just like a perfect storm. And that's kind of what propelled um, Sergeant Slaughter from being a heel to a face. Because now we're looking at these militaristic figures and they're not enemy. They're not villains anymore. Now they're heroes. And and Slaughter took that mantle and he and he rolled with it. And, he you know, he became one of the biggest uh, baby faces in the company outside of Hogan. And like we said, when we were talking about Corporal Kirshner, eventually he left WWF, went back to AEW. But also around this time, if you were you know a kid of the 80s, you will also remember that Sergeant Slaughter became a G.I. Joe. You know, he, he became a character on the cartoon and in the comics. He even had his own little toy. So, you know, that, you know, kind of sparked his career as well and eventually he would come back he, he came back to wwf but this time uh infamously he uh became an iraqi sympathizer to, to feud with hogan before ultimately saddam, saddam hussein sent them special boots if you recall yeah that's mm-hmm. right that's right but eventually that didn't go over too well so he ended up jump you know coming back to to old glory and became a baby face again but yeah, I mean, you think about patriotic wrestlers, one of the first things that springs to mind is Sergeant Slaughter, and that's why I had him at number two on my list. Uh, Bob, you had Sergeant Slaughter at number three on your list. What do you have to say about him? Uh, I was interested to see what did you said about Slaughter when you talked about Kurt Angle being low on your list for being a heel, and I was like, well... Slaughter was a heel too. <laughs> yeah, he was. But then, like you said, he turned face, and you know Vince saw what he had in the guy, and you know the, the former drill sergeant. Vince saw what he had with him, and you know the crowd, like you said, to gravitated towards him. You know he would say the pledge of, of allegiance after his his uh, victories after the match, and again, you know, come in and, and, and wrestle the the hated villain of the uh, of the Iron Sheik. You know, it's just like. Uh, what also gets you over than going after the the bad guys? So, I, I love that you mentioned the GI Joe character. I remember having him. You know, this like you said, this big. Uh, one of the only ones that never broke for me because he was he was a badass. All the other ones would break, like they would lose a foot or a hand or something like that. But Sergeant Slaughter, 
he fought hard. He stayed there. But um, yeah, the, the, again, I, I think one of wrestling's first, you know, American patriots. You can't get any more patriot patriotic than Sergeant Slaughter. He, from head to toe, you know, he wore it with his gear, and you know, to this day, you see him. He comes out. You hear that music hit, and you're, you're going to mark out for the Sarge. So glad we get to talk about him. Yeah, and Adam, you had you had Sergeant Slaughter at number four on your list. What do you have to say about him? Yeah, see, I docked them a little bit like you did with Angle, just for the Iraq thing. That was, uh, I mean, he's playing a part. Obviously, he didn't really uh, sympathize with the Iraqis. But, uh, yeah, he paid the price, man, because I know he said he got a lot of death threats and they had to have security around his house at that time. So, I mean, it was pretty brave of him to take the uh, to take that role. Um but, yeah, he's redeemed himself over the years. I remember his tearful uh, apologies and going to war monuments and crying and uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan welcoming him with open arms. And uh, he, he saw the error of his ways. And um, I don't know if it still happens, but I know for a while in WWE uh, television, if someone would talk shit about America, uh, Sarge would be the first one to answer the call. He'd come out, he'd get a big pop, and... Uh, he'd get the Cobra clutch in there and uh, give the guy a fight. Usually he'd get his ass kicked, of course, because he was old by then. But, uh, but you know, um, everyone remembers. Uh, uh, everyone remembers the good stuff. Um, yeah, I had the G.I. Joe also. Uh, I had read that the reason he left uh, to go to Vern was because of the G.I. Joe. Vince, mm-hmm. of course, wanted a piece, and Slaughter gave him the middle finger and said no. And uh, so he wound up in AWA for a while, which uh, I respect him for also. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, he had an up and down, uh, you know, with, with the characters. But, uh, you know, being a, a monster drill sergeant, I would, you know, there were a lot of tough drill sergeants. Ask anyone who served. Uh, that was a realistic character at the time. So um, it wasn't quite as dastardly as wrestling in Saddam Hussein's boots. I'll forgive him for that. Um but yeah, uh, there's only a couple other people who who uh, display the flag and uh, and uh, that American spirit uh, that we're going to talk about shortly. So yeah, Slaughter uh, is right where he should be, in my view. Yeah, and where he's at is at number two, tied with 24 points, and he is tied with this wrestler, and he got his 24 points from being number four on Bob's list. He was number three on my list, and Adam, you had him in number two. We are talking about tough guy, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, coming in at number two, tied with Sergeant Slaughter with 24 points. Adam, you had him at number two, so let's start with you. Tell us about Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I had Hacksaw Jim Duggan at number two for the simple fact that he owes his entire career to the United States of America, his entire career. With uh, with with the with the all American garb chanting USA throughout the entire match. I mean the entire match. You mean it wasn't through his uh, his Luthez esque uh, wrestling ability? And maybe a little, maybe a little. <laughs> clothesline, punch, punch, clothesline, kick, punch. Uh, but yeah, um. That was that was the dude. Uh, as far as just you want to talk rah rah, uh, God bless America. Uh, look no further. Uh, that's 
that's what the guy was about. He'd carry a big American flag in the two by four to the ring and uh, he'd wave it and he'd chant USA. Um, and again, kind of like Sergeant Slaughter when, you know, when someone needed to stand up to someone like Yokozuna or, or someone like that, uh, there he was uh, fighting for America. Again, he had that, he had that, uh, the vibe of like that dude in the bar, that overly patriotic guy in the, in the bar. Uh, he just had that barroom brawler look. Again, another average Joe, um, dusty, you know, I'm one of you guys kind of types. Uh, again, I don't think he's ever wrestled a three-star match, but, uh, <laughs> but again, he, uh, he got the crowd excited and, uh, happy to be an American. I, I remember just how devastating it was when, uh, Yokozuna, I think, sat on him four times, did the bonsai drop to him four times, and they showed him on the couch clutching his, uh, American flag below and just rocking back and forth. And that was truly very, very sad. And uh, I remember seeing him wrestle Yokozuna at a house show. And, uh, and uh, yes, uh, the crowd was very, very behind him. The match, uh, I think, put my father to sleep. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, if you're talking somebody who just got people excited about their country and loved their country and was a cheerleader for, for all things America, uh, that was your guy, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. I mean, Duggan, he was, yeah, he was very, he was very rah-rah USA. Like you, Adam, like you said, he, he owed his entire career to it, but Duggan just annoyed the fuck out of me. Like even when I was a kid, just you know him yelling like he had a brain injury and you know just <laughs> just <laughs> giving the thumbs up to everybody and you know you and and then starting USA chants with I mean he'd be fighting guys like Hercules Hernandez and he'd be starting a USA chant fucking Hercules Hernandez is from Florida you know why, why are you starting a USA chant you know how do you know well, I thought he was from Greece when I was a kid. Yeah, well, he he wasn't. <laughs> um, it's just eventually you know, they all wind up in Florida. Yeah, I mean, he when you think of like patriotic wrestlers, of course, Duggan's going to be high up on the list. You know, with the the two by four and the flag and everything, but I I couldn't I couldn't get him any higher than three. That's as high as I can muster because. He just annoyed the fuck out of me at all times. But even still, that shows you how patriotic he was, because as, as much as I hated him, I, he's still number three on my list. Um, Bob, you had uh, Duggan at number four on your list. What do you have to say about him? You guys didn't mention the time when WCW, when he joined Team Canada, and he shaved his beard and he would single Canada. Oh, yeah. You guys heard right. about that, remember? That was, that storm that's has that influence idea. on everybody. That was a great idea, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy wore his heart on his sleeve, and his heart was, you know, red, white, and blue from top to bottom. Um, like you said, he would come out with a two by four, but he, on the other hand, he would come out with the American flag coming down to the ring, and he was the embodiment of what they wanted you to show was a, a blue collar worker coming to the ring. Again, he was another one. No, nothing gets you over than foreign, feuding with the foreign heels. So, you know, interrupting. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, when he was singing the national anthem, you know, he would come out and interrupt that, and he would fight with the Bolsheviks, Dino Bravo, and um, 
you know, nothing else says go after the foreign heels than when he teamed up, like you said, with Sergeant Slaughter and they go after the Orient Express. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, um, yeah. Like you said, dug dug in from top to bottom, red, white, and blue all the way. So um yeah. I think that's the only time we'll ever talk about him on one of these lists. So yeah. good job, Hack. Yeah, he was so patriotic that he got caught with Coke with the Iron Cheek. But yeah, you know, it's just Jim Duggan, man. You love him or you hate Old him. Sheik planted that. Yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> yeah, they get it over. I, yeah. Why do you think he was yelling so loud? <laughs> anyway, there you go. At number two with 24 oh. points, tied with Sergeant Slaughter, we have Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And his theme music was annoying. I'll give you. Yeah, I'll, that too. It's basically just hoeing. <laughs> I think we should put some of these patriotic songs on Spotify. Yeah, maybe. That's the first ever Royal Rumble winner you're talking about there. You got to be careful. True. That's true. Very true. All right. Well, we're at our number one pick. But before we get there, like we do every week, let's give you our honorable mentions. Like I said, these honorable mentions are picks that didn't get enough points to be in the top 10, but still got enough points to at least garner a mention. As it shook out this week, we only have four honorable mentions to talk about. And let's start with our first honorable mention at number 11, comes in with one and a half points. And he got the one and a half points from being an honorable mention on my list, and he was number 10 on Bob's list. Bob Backlund is our first honorable mention. At number 11. Bob, tell us about Bob Backlund. That's Mr. Backlund for you, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I loved, um, you know, Bob Backlund when he came back. You know, he was the All-American good boy, when you know, back in the day when he was champion and stuff like that. But I, I liked him when he came back as, as the big monster heel. And uh, when people would ask him for autographs, he, he, you had to, uh, he would ask you to recite the presidents from number one all the way through. <laughs> that was the only way he would sign an autograph for you. Um, every president in order. And um, after a while, he even decided that he was going to run for uh, U.S. presidency, if you remember that. I think there was even a, a Survivor Series where he actually got into it with a Bill Clinton impersonator that was sitting there, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I put him on there just for kind of like that storyline gimmick um, of how he – he was running for president and how, you know, have, like I said, the, have you recite all the presidents in order in order to get an, an autograph? But that was the only reason I put Bob Backlund on there. It got hard after a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. True that. Well, there you go. At number 11, our first honorable mention is Bob Backlund. All right, let's get to number 12 on our list, our second honorable mention. Coming in with one point, and he got the one point for being an honorable mention on both my list and Bob's list. Uh, it is the American badass version of The Undertaker <laughs> coming in at number two. I'm standing uh, strong. At, I didn't vote for him. At number 12, our second honorable mention. Yeah, if you guys listen to the show, you know how much I loathe the American badass version of The Undertaker. But, I mean, just using the rules and, and, like, just the tone of this countdown, we're talking about patriotic wrestlers. And 
you know, the, the American badass Undertaker was patriotic. He would come to the ring. He would have the flag draped over his shoulders. He would, like, you know, raise it up when he won. You know, he he looked like, you know, I mean, he had the biker gimmick going, but it was like a patriotic biker, you know, like some some dude you would see at Sturgis who, you know, maybe he was a veteran. and was Road Wild. Yeah. Well, no, no, he won't. Well, I, I don't know about that. We'll never you know? draw a dime there. Yeah. <laughs> never. Never. But, you Only know. That, Anderson is a genius. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the American badass Undertaker, I mean, it's in his name, I guess. He's an American badass. And he comes out with the flag. He was kind of patriotic, I guess. Enough to be an honorable mention. <laughs> Adam shaking his head. <laughs> well, remember. Remember too during that illustrious time of the uh, the Lex Express tour. Remember Lex Luger had an All American uh, Survivor Series team, and our boy Tatanka got hurt, and they brought like uh, Undertaker out at that time too. Remember he had that uh, he opened up his coat and he had the Betsy Ross Colonial flag. Oh, he <laughs> did, yeah, that's right. Coat, so that shows patriotism too. There, Adam, even even old school Undertaker was a patriot as well. So, all right, I'll give it to you for that. There you go. Well, our second honorable mention there with one point is the American Badass Undertaker. All right. Let's I like keep... how patriotism is making us vote for old school un- or uh, Badass Undertaker and John Cena at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Those flags get us through anything. I know. The colors. These colors don't run. In the case of the Undertaker, they can't because his knees are shot. Uh, let's get to number three, our number thirteen, our third honorable mention coming in with one point, and he got the honorable mention from being an honorable mention on Bob's list and on Adam's list. Ken Patera comes in at number thirteen with one point. Bob, tell us about Ken Patera. So we were when we were younger, we would always talk about how. We, we would try and find out who, what wrestlers had the same birthday as us when we were younger, if you remember it. And um, whoever, whoever we had the same birthday, whoever we shared the birthday with, we had to be that wrestler when we would play. And I always fucking got stuck with Ken Patera because he was the <laughs> only one whose birthday was on November 6th. So I'll always remember that. Um, so I always had to do the, the full Nelson on people while your brother got to do the Superfly splash off the top. <laughs> But uh, Ken Patera was also a, a U.S. Olympic team member, 1972 Munich Games. Uh, weightlifting, I think, is what he was into. Yeah. Uh, but he was another one. When he came in, they brought him in for the Pan American Games, and they pushed him as that uh, that American hero who represented the country, who represented the country in the Olympics. And um, you know, he was champion in different other other companies. I think he was in the AWA and the NWA. He was also Intercontinental Champion here in the WWF. Um, but again, they, they pushed him as the American hero. If you remember his, uh, he would wear the red, white, and blue singlets. And, you know, he had the USA logo across the chest here with, uh, his, his blonde hair flying everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that's all I really remember much from Ken Patera. Um, you know, he would do a lot of, uh, power lifting spots in, in the ring, like just with Dino Bravo when he would feud with him and. I said the the full Nelson was what I remember because I that was the move I got to use from sharing the birthday with him. Nice. There we go. Our third honorable mention at number thirteen on our list is Ken Patera. 
Do you know who shares my birthday? Who's that? Test. Hacksaw Jim, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Man. That's my daughter, too. <laughs> oh, man. That's right. Yeah, you're right. And, 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 and Adam. And it would have yeah. been my brother's, yeah. And yeah. Tony's brother, Adam. Yeah. So he should have been... Guy. <laughs> yeah, he should have been doing. Th- yeah, he should have been doing three point stances to you guys instead of super fight splash. Yeah, that's right. I would have taken. I would have sold that better. <laughs> I don't think I had a wrestler that was born on August thirteenth. Maybe it was the Brooklyn Brawler. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, there you go. Fight out for me. Um, let's get to our last honorable mention. Number fourteen on our list this week comes in with one point as well. Because it was an honorable mention uh, again on both Bob and Adam's list. It is Medusa coming in at number 14, our last honorable mention. Adam, tell us about Medusa. Medusa, very talented uh, women's wrestler, uh, one of the best of her time, uh, one of the few. Uh, I I largely put her on the list because uh, her run in WWE as Alundra Blaze, uh, Vince was just going on and on about the patriotism because while he's trying to make Lex Luger an American hero, uh, he was making Alundra Blaze the uh, the female counterpart, and she wore a, red, a lot of red, white, and blue at that point in time, and she defended the title uh, often against the evil Japanese uh, wrestler, Bull Nakano, uh, including at SummerSlam 94, which I was there live for. Um, and, uh, yeah, she kind of, yeah, she did... Uh, I think at WCW even she she wore a lot of the red, white, and blue, um, and again she was she was very talented, and uh, again she had that that every person appeal uh, to her. And then uh, when her wrestling career ended after she won the U.S. title, bro, uh, she went into driving uh, monster trucks. And what could be more American than being a monster truck driver? Uh, I've been to a few shows, and uh, yeah, they. Uh, they do a great job at those shows of displaying patriotism. They they uh, play Lee Greenwood's proud to be American, and they show a police officer, a soldier, a fireman, and then a monster truck. I mean, four things that just scream patriotism. So uh, that's that's largely why I had uh, Medusa on the list. Well, even her name, the Medusa, comes from Made in the USA. That's where she got that from. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Um Kicking back to it, Tony. Yeah. Um, you missed out. August thirteenth, there is one wrestler who shares a birthday with you. If you want to stay patriotic, Bob Backlund's birthday is the day after yours, August fourteenth. Uh, he also shares it with beautiful Bobby Eaton, so you got some talent right there. And August twelfth, the day before your birthday, Terry Taylor. Vanilla as fuck. Terry Taylor. Yep. But the only wrestler that shares a birthday with you is little Spike Dudley. Uh, See, I'd rather have Spike Dudley than vanilla as fuck Terry Taylor. So that's good. (laughs) That's good. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, yeah, we're going back. Well, oh, Medusa. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She was uh, number 14 on our list. Our fourth honorable mention coming in with one point as well. All right. Well, that brings us to number one on our list. Number one this week comes in with 27 points, and they got the 27 points from being number four on my list, and it was number one on both Adam and Bob's list. We're talking about the one, 
the only, the immortal brother, Hulk Hogan, coming in at number one, our most patriotic wrestler here on the Enhancement Talent. Bob, let's start with you. Tell us about Hulk Hogan. Dude. Hulk Hogan should have been number one in your eyes. I mean, from the moment he defeated that dastardly villain, the Iron Sheik, for the WWE title, boom, that was it. America. He was America as apple pie and baseball and anything hey. else that was patriotic. <laughs> the pa- the Patriot went off the top rope. That's all That's all I care about. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to justify it. I don't give a f- Yeah. Okay. I got fine. nothing. I got yeah. nothing. He he was he was our our icon for patriotism during the 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 Cold War era with the troubles in the Middle East. We had Hogan wearing the red, white, and blue everywhere he go. That evil, dastardly villain, Sergeant Slaughter, was trying to desecrate the American flag on national television, and here comes Hogan to save save all that was America. I mean, I am a real American theme song. Um, just Hogan. Hogan, 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 the man, the myth, the patriot. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I mean, he even had a, a again. Nikolai Volkov was like the flag bearer for all matches that were flag matches. And Saturday Night Main Event, Hogan went in there and whooped that ass and got that American flag, and he waved it around too. You know, so nothing more patriotic than the Hulkster himself. How you like that, brother? Brother. Well, how about you, Adam? What do you have to say about Hogan? You also have a number one on your list. I'm not going to do the imitation, but, I mean, he's American-made. His, uh, his WCW sign will tell you, uh, too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, for me, this, this uh, the other thing, uh, going back to the uh, Iraqi feud, uh, when he defeated Sergeant Slaughter for the title at WrestleMania Seven, uh, Gorilla Monsoon declared, that the war is now officially over. Mm-hmm. That's because when we pulled out of Iraq, I felt something was missing. And when Hogan won at WrestleMania seven, that tied up that end. It's not like we ever went back there. So um, anyway, yeah. Uh, this theme song, I mean, you hear the notes of that. Everybody goes nuts. Um, you know, there were, you know, he didn't come out with the flag as often as Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but, but again, as Bob mentioned, he was he was the guy. Uh, he was he was your last line of defense against all the evil foreign wrestlers, like guys like Duggan. That's Yokozuna. Well, <laughs> besides him, yeah. <laughs> and that was a shock at the time because, like, you you saw that script for how many years, and that was a shock that he. It was a shock to everybody, <laughs> even Bret Hart. Even Bret Hart. Even Bret. You got it. But yeah, I, love I mean, this show. <laughs> I mean, come on, Tony. The video, the video for the song. There's a big flag in the background. That's He's right. playing air guitar. Come on, yeah. I mean, he had a he had a just like he had his dress bandana, black bandana for funerals and, and important dinners and uh, no holds barred. He had his red, white, and blue bandana for the. For the <laughs> He has his formal band. He has his, he has his formal bandana. His business casual bandana. <laughs> how 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 do, how do you think Stuart Howard Hart felt uh, him showing up to their 
son tragically <laughs> dies and he's got a freaking black bandana on. It's documented. <laughs> Jesus, dude, we know you're bald. Oh. But he was a great American. He really was. And uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean I'll, I'll, a lot of the merch had the flag all over it and Yeah, I mean that was his whole that was his whole thing. Uh he was just the American hero. But a real one, not, yes. not Lex Luger. Hogan would have sat on that damn bus and he would have shook hands and you know, and kissed babies, and he would have at least pretended to be happy about it. They would have taken Hogan to Oak Brook Mall instead of Meltzer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nord- <laughs> We're going to North Riverside Mall, Hulk. Doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> you got to take me to Oak Brook. They got a Starbucks over there. <laughs> I don't think those were around in 1993, were they? <laughs> I just had to pull something out, yeah. Their McDonald's is two levels, brother. (laughs) 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 Got to stake a place for pasta mania. I think we're going to put one in there. Oh, Jesus. What's more American than than opening a SpaghettiO factory or SpaghettiO restaurant in the Mall of America? Yeah. I mean, the reasons reasons are endless, but yeah. uh, Adam... Hogan had such a patriotic, uh, you know, effect on you that you also originally had Mr. America on your list. <laughs> They're not the same, damn it. <laughs> That's what he was telling him. He was number nine on my list, and he refused. I was going to put him on my list, too. So that- <laughs> I was surprised you didn't, to be honest. I said, Bob didn't put him on his list, too. I, I was going to, but then... Ranger Ross. Be- <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Ranger Ross wasn't going to let that shit fly. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, he would have robbed the bank to make yeah, sure it exactly. happened. He would have taken that Mr. America mask and chased it to rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. And that's why he's my number one. <laughs> I can't follow that. I'm crying. <laughs> <sighs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> That's our top 10 patriotic wrestlers list. America. America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I have to sell down because I have to go back over the list. He's got the red, white, and blue <laughs> running through his veins. Uh, all right. That's our top 10 patriotic wrestlers list. Let's go back like we do every week. Let's start with number 10. Number 10 coming in with four points. <laughs> Wearing the Mr. America masks. Rob Banks. Ranger Ross coming in at number 10. Uh, at number nine with four and a half points, we had Jack Swagger. At number eight, we had a tie with five points, each coming in between the U.S. Express and John Cena. At number seven, with eight points, we had Dusty Rhodes. At number six, with ten and a half points, we had Corporal Kirshner. At number five, with 15 points, is our North Riverside hero, Lex Luger. (laughs) At number four, with 19 points, we had The Patriot. 
At number three with 20 points, we had Kurt Angle. At number two, we had another tie with 24 points between Sergeant Slaughter and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And at number one, brother, with 27 points, we had the one, the only Hulk Hogan. So there we go, our top ten patriotic wrestlers of all time. What do you guys think? Is this a fair representation of the top ten patriotic wrestlers of all time? We'll start with you, Bob. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That was a hard list to kind of come up with some patriotism. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you're reaching deep down inside to find you some Ranger Rosses and some Corporal Korshners, it's a hard list to come about, but I think we did a good job, especially when we started talking about our friends at the top five. Yeah. Top six, actually. Luger, the Patriot, Angle, Slaughter, Duggan, and the American Made Brother. How we how we missed out on the American males. I mean, it's American in their name. You know, we should have talked about them a little bit more. That would be fun. Dad, and we didn't have a single member of the Misfits in action either. Oh, yeah. It's huge erection. Yeah. Huge, him General him. Huge Erection and AWOL and Major Gun Loco. <laughs> Corporal Cajun. <laughs> Major major guns. Yeah, major, major guns. guns. She was Canadian too, wasn't she? Yeah, I think so. I think she was. <laughs> that's a good Eric Bischoff podcast rant is uh his thoughts on the misfits in action. That's that's worth a listen. Uh, I'm sure. How about you, Bob? Or uh, Adam. What what did you think about uh this particular list? Uh, other than uh, Mr. America being omitted, um <laughs> I'm 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 been... pretty good with it. You know, you omitted him and I'm like, fuck. Who else is <laughs> so that's how I came up with Ken Patera. Yeah. Um but hey, uh yeah. No slight on Ken Patera. He's still Little with girl. us. Seventy nine. Uh but yeah, uh I think we covered the uh the major ones for sure. And uh yeah. North Riverside Hero I think should be a t shirt too. That's right. <laughs> With the bus, have, with the bus parked in front of it, <laughs> but missing the hubcaps and the tire. <laughs> yeah, it should look like uh, the car the windows broken, yep. broken out. It's tagged with graffiti. <laughs> yeah, man. Have the mall cops uh, surrounding it, and, mm-hmm. and just have a pissed off Lex Luger next to it. Oh, that'd be awesome! Fly away in helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Like holding onto the net, climbing <laughs> up like the Joker and Batman. Yeah. Oh shit! All right. Well, that's that's the show for this week, guys. But it was uh, a lot of fun. Before we go, we want to listen. We want to talk to you guys, and there's two ways to do that. You can uh, email us. Our email address is enhancementtalent three sixteen at gmail dot com. Again, that's enhancementtalent316 at gmail.com. Or you can go to the Facebook fan page, which is our preferred method of interacting with you guys. Just go on Facebook, interact with us there. You can look up the Enhancement Talent. We're all admins. Just hit uh, the join button, and you can do what you want. You can comment on the show. You can post memes. You can put poll questions up. You can get, you know, suggestions for topics for us to talk about it's all fair game we love talking to you guys on the facebook fan page so do that up we love to have you in the community yeah i'm looking forward to hearing some of the reactions to this show oh god yeah i think it'd be a lot of fun 
Oh, yeah, and a huge thank you to everyone who made me the winner of the stable episode. That's true. That's true. Good, I'm, good, good matchup, Adam. I still love yes. you. Tony, your vote is right here in my heart. Yeah. Just not, just oh. not, not on the <laughs> Facebook poll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I should have voted for myself, damn it. Anyway. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> Go help Kim and ask her how come she didn't vote for you. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's for, that's, that's, a, that's, that's for another time. But until then, we're going to take off. So, What's yeah. our match of the week? Oh, shit, the match of the week. I'm sorry. Too oh, busy man. thinking too too busy to think about Mr. America to to <laughs> remember the match of the week. All right, yeah. Before we leave, we got to give you our match of the week picks. Um, let's I start with you, Bob. Uh, stole your brain for a minute. That's right. Let's start Russell with you, Bob. Sergeant Slaughter, Hulk Hogan. Sergeant Patriot. Slaughter and Hulk Hogan. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I thought get hard about that one. <laughs> yeah, they had the they had the they had to move it to a different arena because of bomb threats. Mm-hmm. Didn't have anything to do with them uh, not selling out the the, the Coliseum. <laughs> How about you, Adam? What's your match of the week pick this week? I'll give you a patriotic one, and I'll give you a non-patriotic one. Um, so why not watch uh, Lex Luger against Yokozuna and see what a fucking circus that whole thing was and how it made absolutely no booking sense whatsoever. And then uh, the Blood and Guts match, I always enjoy those. Uh, once a year, AEW does it. It was a huge draw for them. Um, great talent involved. Poor Santana, though, I feel bad for him. Uh, injuring his knee during the match, he's going to be out quite a while. But uh, other than that, uh, I I, uh, I was almost coming off my couch uh, when uh, uh, I'm sorry, Claudio, I don't want to be JR and say his name wrong. Uh, when Claudio was uh, swinging Jericho on top of the cage, I was like, holy shit. Oh, you know, I was I was like, I was a little freaked by that, but uh, uh, great match as always. Uh, blood and guts. Uh, coincidentally, that's right about the time uh, WWE decided they should go TV 14, so that might have something to do with it for the rating it got. Yeah, it's true. The feedback I got. Well, my match of the week, I'm not going to Patriotic Route. I'm going to go with the uh, triple threat tag team main event from this past week's Dynamite between um, the Young Bucks, Team Taz, and uh, Swerve and Keith Lee. That's just a hell of a match, man. I, I, I just loved it going back and forth. All the matches this week on Dynamite were really fucking good. Um, you know, uh, Moxley versus the uh, Takashita, that was a really good fucking match. Yeah, I'm becoming uh, a big fan of his. Yeah, he's put on some great matches. Mm-hmm. The one uh, with Kingston was good the week before. Yeah, uh, what's it called? Um, Claudio versus Hager was even pretty good. You have to, you know, give Hager his uh, his rights when you see him. But that that main event was just off the wall. And if it hadn't been for now, Arena. Uh, spoiling the end of the match by posting a picture of swerving Keith Lee with the tag championships before the match even aired. Um, I would have been kind of shocked that they were going to put the belts on those two because, uh, you know, they didn't telegraph that at all. I had a feel. I thought that the young books were going to keep the belts, but yeah, yeah, 
Swerve and uh, and Keith Lee are your new AEW tag team champions, and hey, they work well as a team. I know they were they were you know teasing them to break up there for a lot for a while, but it's very interesting, and they work well as a team. They have great chemistry, and I'm really excited to see what they can do. So, yeah, they're they're probably still going to have the belts by all out. So you guys will probably uh, see them whoever they're going to be facing. So, yeah. That's uh, that's my match of the week pick this week. I thought the Bucks were going to keep it too because you know they're EPs and they never lose and they always book themselves to win, right? Oh, of course. Right? Yeah, the right? IWC always says that. Fucking marks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that's the the end of the show this week. So, for the Warsaw Blonde, Adam Kalavik, and for the other half. Of the fabulous Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob, Bob Lopez. I am Tony Lopez. We will see you guys next week. Have a safe and happy week. We will talk to you then. Bye bye. I'll be your hero. Tough guy. Oh.